You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triath. Hey there, all you triathlon studs and stud ats, and welcome to another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Hey, in this show, we have an interview with Zakir Al-Khalif, and he is the man on the ground that makes the triathlons happen in Bahrain and Dubai. He's the, I don't know if he's the race director, but he's in, he's in charge of the triathlon program, put in charge by the prince of Bahrain to make these races come to life and he works with the whole uh, Triple Crown series and bringing the races uh, to life for us to go and participate in the view and it's just really interesting. Uh, we cover all kinds of different stuff. Uh, the change from Challenge over to Iron Man, you know, what was behind that and also you know the Triple Crown series doesn't happen, the race in Yemen that uh, didn't happen and health and fitness and the problems that all countries that are developed and have some wealth seem to be having. And he's also American schooled uh, at the Citadel, American Military Academy, uh, the Citadel, and also at, um, he's got a PhD from a California college. And then Let's see, we talk about food and turning our lives around and diabetes. We seem to talk about everything except for triathlon racing itself because it seems the triathlon racing is what happens when you get all the rest of this stuff kind of taken care of. Uh, How to get to Bahrain, uh, like that you can fly uh, straight, almost straight there from Dallas of of all things. I thought that was really interesting. And uh, yeah, when you go over there, uh, food, uh, what people do, what it's like over there, how many women are in the races, just on and on and on. We had a great conversation. So I'm very excited to bring this to you. I asked him if he would come on the show and he jumped at the chance. And uh, yeah, so this will make for a really great listen. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with that. And then after the interview, we'll do uh, the training log and a little bit of news and uh, all kinds of good stuff. All right, let's go. Welcome to the next level. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm fine. I'm fine. How's everything? Oh, man. It is great. You want to go ahead and start recording? Yeah, I just, just will uh, uh, put my bike in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, the life of a just, triathlete. Uh, yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's, uh, you know, you can't be a triathlete without multitasking, you know? I know. Like, that's one thing that teaches you a lot. My dad uh, is a retired engineer. And I told my dad the, um, the coolest thing was learning to... Uh, try to conquer all the tasks at once correctly. Oh yeah. And it's a lot of fun trying to engineer your life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, you know, it, 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 it takes, um, it takes a lot of your time to training, even anything going on and you're not training for, events. you don't want everything to go to waste. Right. So you just, you just end up, um, 
you know, trying to just, uh, um, you know, what, what, do, what do they call it? When, when someone is a pilot, they, yeah. they can't really take leave for a long time. So what they do is they, ta- they stay current. That's what they say. Yeah. So, uh, so they don't lose their piloting license. And I think as a triathlete, once you've done, you know, like a, an Ironman or whatever, you just at least want to stay current, you know? Right. That's exactly what I do. I'm, it's the off season, but I'm trying to stay... I'm trying to stay on top of fitness and not lose too much while I heal up injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, well, let's get started. Yeah. Well, I'm here with Dr. Sakir Al-Khalif. And tell me how to say it correctly because you and I are friends over the internet and I've never had to say yeah. your name to you. <laughs> so I yeah, it's, it right. yeah, it's uh, Sagar Al-Khalifa. Sayer? Yeah, Sagar Al-Khalifa. Sagar Al-Khalifa. All right, cool. And you are the race director for how many races now well i am the uh, so i overlook at uh, ironman 70.3 bahrain and ironman 70.3 dubai oh wow yeah okay yeah and uh, i'm i'm also the president of the triathlon association which is the national federation in bahrain that's cool yeah so you and i became friends over twitter probably a year ago and or more and have been talking and um then i found out that you went to the citadel and i thought that was so cool because when i was a a young teenager in the 80s a movie came out called the lords of discipline and i think that do you know if that was set in the citadel or not yeah 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 it is actually it's all about us yeah (laughs) it it is such a cool uh movie um so the citadel is is like the equivalent of a um the West of West Point or like the Naval Academy? Is it, is it, um, what branch of military is it or does it have one? It's, it's basically uh, the standard is the army manual, mm-hmm. but it is a, um, it has army, it has Navy, it has Air Force, it has, um, Marines, it has all of them together. So that's the cool thing about it is that it's not a just like a, you know, a, na- a Navy, um, college or university it's not just air force it's all of them together yeah so when i was in the core at a&m um the outfit you were in is what they called it was something right so i was in a navy marine outfit but i could have been in an army one or a that or a or an air force one is what we is what they did and uh and uh we were laughing earlier about how i said marine military academy was the hardest school in the world and you thought that was the hardest i meant the hardest college i was like no it's just a high school <laughs> <laughs> yeah we get we get we get pretty uh, I know. defensive I you know, know and yeah and i was like how dare you how say dare something you? like that <laughs> yeah so but i remember uh you said that um setting up this interview uh that yesterday or the day before you were in egypt and yeah. uh my military uh marine military academy we had people from all over the world at our school and uh his last name was Naum, but he was from Egypt. I remember that. And just guys from all over the place. It was really cool. One of my best friends is American, but he grew up for many years in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Oh, okay. And uh, his dad was a Marine, so he's in a Marine base there. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so uh, this, is, this is really fascinating to get to talk to you about this kind of stuff. And um, yeah, thanks. so the whole 
the whole thing that's going on is that, well we've got the triple crown series so i got questions about how it went down and then um iron man and then challenge and then also what's coming next year and also um, you and I are very much aligned in the idea of trying to get more people doing endurance sports for the health and fitness of, for like, for your nation, you know, for, for yeah. my nation, for your nation, for everybody, it just makes everybody better and, and, um, and trying to bring that to the, to the people. And so, um, you can choose which one of those you want to start with. <laughs> we can start talking. Well, um, well I mean, um, Let's let's start with what what motivates all of the stuff to happen. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's a good place to start. And, and you know, you know, like when you go to an Iron Man merchandise um, store, you know, one of those um, in the expos. Right. Um, the best T-shirt that I've I've bought from them is one that says, "It's not triathlon, it's life." Yeah. And and you know, uh, I mean. Uh, be, it, be, being trained to be a political scientist myself, mm-hmm. um, I know scientifically, you know, because we do a lot of data and research and all that stuff, and uh, I know when I'm biased and when I'm not biased. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, people who are so much into triathlon and we're trying to spread the sport of endurance sport to everyone, mm-hmm. we're, we're really not biased because we believe in what we, I mean, we really believe in what we do and what we try to promote and what life is all about. And I think that, you know, um, a lot of people just see, look at us and think that we are biased same way as a golfer or a footballer or, or someone who's, you know, just so much into their own sport right. or their own way of life that they think that it's the best way of life. And I think we're sort of victims of that. And we're, um, we, you know, there, there's a big misconception when people see us and when they hear us and they think that we're trying to just promote it because it's, it's, we're similar to all of these other people who are so much into their own sport or their own sort of life, whether whether it's a, a car club or whether it's a book club or whether, whether it's any other type of uh, thing, you know, and, um, and, and I think we, you know, I want, I, I think it's, it's, we're trying to do all of the, th- the things that we're doing, especially in this part of the world, because we want to show people that it's, we are not biased. And once you've tried it and once you're in it, you will understand more of how important this thing is. So is it more along the lines you want people to experience endurance sports in general? And it doesn't matter which sport, but just get out and be physically active for more than walking from your house or your apartment to the to the shopping center. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was, yeah, it's it's if they do that, then yeah. it's good. But but the thing is, we need to we need to throw the bait first, and I think triathlon is the perfect bait right. to to get them into it, and um, and not just that, but um, you know, it, I think endurance is okay let's say that endurance is the objective endurance but whether whether it's triathlon because swimming cycling and running together they're the three very three very attractive sports Mm -hmm. but but that but if that's the objective then we need to strategize and how to get everyone to our objective or to the objective of having them you know having them live a better life and i think 
you know, the if we want to do a strategy, then part of that strategy is actually doing a triathlon or being a triathlete. Part of that strategy is to become a um, you know a member, a national federation member in ITU because you know you can you, you have to start somewhere. And ITU is you you know when when it comes to professional sports, you graduate sort of from the ITU level to to um, you know once you've um, done the smaller distances mm-hmm. you, you get this feeling that um itu triathletes or those who are doing sprint and olympic they sort of after a while graduate to do to, to endurance so um you know it's it it's it's uh, it's a matter of how do you see you know what's the objective and and what's the mean um what's the end and and what is the mean to the end and and that's how we see all of those things and that's how we want to align all of the stuff. I mean, we're not just into this um, simply for to create, you know, uh, a tourism. Um, you know, we have we have an we have a brand. We have different brands, whatever the brands are. Mm-hmm. We can utilize them to reach our objective. But it's not just there for the sake of just you know um, just so that we can um, you know fill our hotels with uh, you know or or get um you know get, get airline tickets to or airlines to get more tickets or something like that no the i mean all of these people they all of these companies they also also want to want a piece of the pie right but you know but 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 for us it's much more than that so like one thing that i feel is once i got into doing uh, endurance sports because i grew up as a really competitive swimmer and so you know i could go really fast for a short period of time so i thought I pretty much understood sports, but the thing when I started doing endurance sports is I discovered there was times where I would be on a run and I would, or a long bike ride, and I would say, wow, this is what the human body was actually meant to do, like something longer. And um, not that everybody has to do that, but it's like a whole nother facet to, um, to fitness and health is, is how amazing this whole undiscovered, it, it's like we've lost it. Yeah. See, the, the thing is, you know, when I came back, um, I, first year, uh, they call it the plebe year, then, or we, they, we call ourselves, you know, in, uh, at the Citadel, the mm-hmm. knobs, you know, where you're, knobs, yeah. you're bold, yeah, bold headed, you know, they can twist you like a doorknob and do whatever they want with you. So, you know, you, the first year is your knob year. And, you know, when I came back to Bahrain after the first year in summer vacation, the first question that, that they asked me was, so, I mean, what did you understand about that? I said, well, what I was really amazed about is how much my body can go through. I never thought that this is the limitations of a, of someone, of a, you know, of a human being that you are so delicate, but at the same time, you can go through a lot and still make it through, you know? And that's what really amazed me because I never tested myself. I never tested my body. I was forced to test myself about, I was forced to test myself on how much I can go without food, how much I can get, you know, beaten up or whatever, how much I can go without sleep, how much I can run and how much I can actually hold myself while being yelled at and spit on. So, you know, uh, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally are even more difficult than anything. So I told them, you know, I, I just wish that everyone can just go to uh, my my college mm-hmm. and 
test their bodies and see and, and and understand that you know don't be afraid your your body is sort of created in a way that it can handle so much that you don't know about so so but 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 we can't really convince everyone to just to go and go through a military college especially you know the american system of you know that first year or for you know whatever yeah. the hell hell week when they call it hell week or <laughs> yes. you know camp. or boot camp yeah. we can't we can't let everyone go through that and you know so then what do we do you know what, what exactly do we do so that we can let people understand that their bodies are actually you know they can give so much uh-huh. and and it can handle so much and the investment is is so much and and there's so i mean you know I, I just feel so bad when i just see someone who says you know he's 40 years old and he said he says you know I, i'm done i can't do anything and you know i'm already old or you know so yeah. that that really you know that really upsets me because i'm like well technically 40 you're like at your peak you know right <laughs> technically you are right now peaking and you don't know that and and it's like no you know that's you, you need like 15 years to at least uh, get be in good shape when you're 40 and i'm like this is so sad and it needs to change and the culture is so bad and you know what what can we do we need we need this thing and i think triathlon is so attractive that you would actually you know basically be a very good politician in triathlon by telling someone uh-huh. To go to hell in such a way that they actually look forward to the trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like when I see a, like a horribly difficult triathlon, there's something in their little voice and said, "Oh, that looks like fun." Like the Norseman <laughs> or the Swiss Extreme or the the Keltman one that they've come up with. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, as you as you know, like I fell down and broke my arm and broke my toe and. And uh, somebody at work said, well, you know what this is, Brett. I said, what? Goes, You're getting old. I was like, <laughs> you crazy? There's a 72-year-old guy that comes and visits me at work about once a month to, when he pays his utility bill. He swings by my office, and uh, he's doing yeah. Iron Man, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not getting old. I mean, yes, I am getting old. I'm not in denial of it. But it's also the human body, you know, there's so much that you can do. Yeah, it's it's you know when we when we had um, about a I think it was a month and a half I'm not sure exactly when but um, I was listening to uh, the, the TRS podcast uh-huh. and and I think it was in in, in Kona when when they interviewed Lou Hollander mm-hmm. um, and w- you know the, what I heard in that mu- uh, interview I, I you know right after that podcast. I I uh, spoke to my communications uh, manager and I told her, Lou Hollander, that's mm-hmm. the name. This guy has to be in Bahrain. Do whatever you t- you know you can to get <laughs> like, this guy here. He's the guy that did the fir- that won the first Ironman. Is that Lou Hollander or is that somebody? Lou, no, he is uh, the eighty-five year old guy oh. who um, yeah you know who, yeah. who, who basically is um, you know he he loves horses mm-hmm. and. He's, he did like I don't know fifty or whatever Ironmans, and he started at the age of fifty, right, or something like that. And and he's eighty five, and and he he is 
the only guy in Iron Man in the 85 to 89 <laughs> age category. Yeah, so, and, but there could be more if people would, would realize what you could do. And Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, I've seen an interview with him, like a video interview, and he said, yeah. um, somebody asked, you know, why he does this or whatever, and he said, are you kidding me? The reason that I am 80-something years old is because I do this. <laughs> yeah no and, 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 and this, this is the thing i mean um uh, you know he told us i can't you know i want to travel in this class and i want to i want to live here and i want to do this and we said you've got it anything you need just yeah. come here so he came here and he was such an inspiration you don't understand you know it's it's everyone was talking about it and all these guys, you know, 84-year-olds and below, I just, you know, they, they didn't <laughs> have any almost everybody. <laughs> which is everyone. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I just, yeah. I was able to show these guys. Lou Hollander is mm -hmm. a guy that can show, you know, everyone around the world that there are no excuses. It's just you making up excuses right. for, you know, to just so that you can just stay and do nothing. Yeah. And, and just, you know, when... Once you turn, I don't know, once you turn 35 or 40, you just wait for your time to, to go away from this life. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's just absolutely ridiculous. And the, here's the thing. In countries like us where, um, you know, m medical, uh, your medical bills are being handled by the government, mm -hmm. you're actually stressing, you know, the, 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 the um, the the, the uh, health sector and in, in, in the country and and the healthcare system that is provided for everyone you're actually making it worse i mean you know if it, because because the government is paying for this for your healthcare so if you want to be a responsible citizen in a country like ours then you need to you know at least take care of yourself so that you won't just stress the mm -hmm. system that can crack at any time. You're like, for you know, at any time the government can be like, forget it. It's just so we have so many sick people, we can't handle it. Right. You know, in order for us to protect this right that we have, we need to, you know, we we need to just do our part. And at least the least I can, the least we can do is just uh, not, you know, sit there and, and get fat. And you know, smoke cigarettes, and and that's it. You know, if it was really me in in, in my country, if it was me, uh -huh. what I would do is I would say, you know, free healthcare only if you work out a cer certain amount of hours a week. Yeah. Other than that, if you don't move your ass, you're not getting free healthcare. Yeah, and, I have a um, yeah. I have a similar. Uh, <laughs> if I was the governor of California. Yeah. Uh, which I don't live there anymore, but I got so mad being in California and the freeways being clogged up with people going nowhere when Cal California has all this beautiful, you know, ocean and mountains and stuff. Yeah. And I said, if you can't, if you get pulled over by the cops for, you know, like a turn signal being broken or speeding or something like that. Yeah. So uh, if you get pulled over by the cops for that, and you can't produce a receipt for having gone to one of the state parks in the past six months, you're deported. <laughs> <laughs> because you can live your life the way you're living that right now in Kansas. So get out of here because you're clogging exactly. up the freeways. I know it's like this totalitarian like, like uh, way of viewing it. But I, I agree with you. I think also your mindset of, um, uh, well, like the kind of, I think you learned 
you probably learned it from your family too. And like, I learned it from mine, like this upbringing of, you know, don't be a drag on other people if, if you don't have to. And I, I, you learn that in the military colleges, right? So yeah. um, you're all a unit and everybody has to wait on the slowest guy. <laughs> so yeah, don't, yeah, exactly. don't be the slowest guy if you can help it. But there's yeah. always exceptions, right? There's people that have genuine problems and they need, they need real help. But yeah, yeah. But the exceptions, the exceptions yeah. are exceptions, you know, I mean, yeah. that you can't, nobody can do anything about them, but it's just that those, the majority, you know, we're not talking about anomalies, but the majority of the people, those who are actually yeah. able to do something yeah. and those who are able to take care of themselves. Here's the thing, the guys, when you look at statistics, okay, mm-hmm. the g- people that are, that exhaust the free healthcare system mm-hmm. are the ones who act, they do it at the last month before they die that's they spend most of the money on on them the government spends most of the money on healthcare on these guys at the last month and here's the thing what the, they all of this even if they don't get sick mm-hmm. they will get sick in a sudden right. because you know it happens all of a sudden and it you know so it's a matter of you, you know people are in denial they think that you know their body takes care of them when they're you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever, but their body is guaranteed one day that it will be like, I've had enough, right? And I'm not going to take care of you anymore. And mm-hmm. it's time for you to, you know, you know, get moving and do something about it. But it's already too late when you're at that stage, because you need medications mm-hmm. uh, when you reach that level. So why don't you just prevent yourself from getting medications? Because that, you know, medication is very, very expensive, right? And, uh, you know, we, we spent, for example, you know, in, in, in our country, uh, you know, uh, probably not less than a million dollars for every, uh, a, you know, person who is addicted to drugs wow. annually. And that's a lot, a lot of money because of rehab, because of medications, because of all the, you know, payment to doctors and nurses and everyone that takes care of this person. You know, why go into that kind of lifestyle and stress the budget so much if i get if one guy if i get the budget of one one guy who is in a, in rehab and i'll be able to do another triathlon and and you know or i'll be able to right. build a facility or or a swimming pool you know or so, another you know uh, track or something like that so it's all related and it's all go- coming out from i mean even though the ministry of health or whatever is paying but but it's at the end of the day, it's one pocket, which is one government that's paying for all this stuff. All these people can just stop being sick. I, I totally agree. The The cost of somebody being chronically sick or, yeah, like a drug problem or being unproductive is just amazing compared to um, somebody. I remember, uh, my great-grandmother was fine until she died <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at exactly. age 83 or something. You know, she just... Had a bad week, and then that was yeah. it. And um, but that's the way uh, that we could be. Um, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And, and I think you know one of the things that really motivates me is because of myself and what I what I did uh, myself. You know, when I went to um, when I went to California in two thousand and five uh, to begin my PhD in 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 Clermont, I, I I stopped working out and I was stressing myself so much into into um, my studies. That at the at, in 2008 mm-hmm. I, uh, I I got diabetes right. in 2008 and 
And it's because I was the person responsible for myself and I got this for myself. I didn't have the proper education. I wasn't told. I, when I got diabetes, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. uh, I was 28 and I had no idea, absolutely no idea what calories were. Right. And I had, I had no idea what, nothing. I, I, I did not know all of the stuff. And I was like, okay, I do hold myself responsible for not knowing, but I could have been helped by someone telling me or, you know, getting into this environment of understanding and learning about all this stuff. I wasn't in that environment because I'm, you know, yeah, I was living in, 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 in America, mm -hmm. uh, but, but it's the same thing here back in Bahrain that we don't have this environment that teaches us and about, you know, awareness or about just, you know, getting, you know, you know getting a bit active just a little bit, just so that you can prevent yourself from getting sick. Yeah, I saw um, a, on the internet, a th on Reddit, a thread where people were asking what should be taught in high school that isn't. And yeah. I commented that um, how to continue being fit as an adult and being healthy as an adult uh, should be a class your last uh, few years in high school as you graduate in, in the United States. I don't know about other countries. And it would be yeah. how to sign, what, what, um, events are out there to do, how to sign yeah. up for one, um, what it's like joining an adult, um, a grown-up, you know, fitness class, um, yeah. what gyms cost, and yeah, kind of like what calories are, or what kind of foods um, you should be eating after you leave school, because I think high school is the last contact of education, of structured education the government has with the majority yeah, uh, with with Americans, and it's like, nope, you're graduated, and we've taught you economics and um, and uh, basketball, <laughs> but yeah. you know, but you've been saturated with Gatorade and basketball, by the way. So then the uh, let's um now you're out there in the free world, and then so uh, people turn into grownups and they think it's a party, right? They they don't yeah. know what's going to happen to them eventually. This is fascinating about your story about um, developing diabetes. So, what were you? Do you remember like what you were eating and and you weren't doing? You weren't exercising. So, what were you eating? Mm, yeah, pretty typical. See, see the what 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 I remember that you know was uh, I was just so busy studying for my qualification exams to do my dissertation, and mm -hmm. I had no time to think about what I'm eating. So, right uh, there was this place over there called Pickup Sticks. Uh -huh. um, and all I, all I was doing was just ordering from this place and it was just a lot of rice and, um, and, uh, I mean, you know, I, and sugar and, and there was cheesecake factory and that was all the bad stuff basically. But, but here's the thing, uh -huh. I mean, you know, when you talk about schools and, and how do you, how do you convince them? I, I remember the first, the absolute first day before hell week began when I was as, as at the Citadel, the, you know the, the the guys came to to us and he's like and he's like according to, to statistics and we were like a company of forty cadets mm -hmm. and they were like according to our uh, you know statistics fifty percent uh, they were like ten percent of you or something like that are actually or tomorrow are gonna drop out mm -hmm. uh, another twenty five percent will not finish the year and by by graduation day fifty percent of you are not gonna graduate. Mm -hmm. And that's according to, and we were like so scared looking around like, shoot, it means that I have a 50% chance of not making it here. Yeah. And they also, they had like really, you know, a lot of nice, 
you know, uh, statistics for them to talk about. Right. And here's the thing. What I will do in schools, and this is what I'm actually working on. It's not just that uh, it's not wishful thinking, but it's actually a project that we're working on. Is that I'm going to tell these kids, be like, listen, this percentage of you are going to be diabetic by the age of, you know, so-and-so. Right. This, this percent are going to be addicted, uh, you know, to some kind of drug. And this percent are actually going to die in a car accident. And this, you know, so I will tell them exactly what needs to be told so mm -hmm. that they would prevent themselves from doing stuff like that. And, 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 hey, and it actually works. It does. If you want to, you know, it actually works when you tell them that, by the way, guys, we don't know who it is, but some of you are going to go through this according to statistics because math does not lie. Right. And, and, uh, we had the same so, thing at A&M where they said, this was just to the regular student body, um, they, uh, they said, look to your left and look to your right. We were in a big auditorium. Um, one of you is not going to, one of those people to your left or to your right is not going to be here by the end of the year. And you're like, whoa, holy crap. <laughs> and uh, that's a really good way to say it, you know? And yeah, then I think also, in, um, I was having, I had bad grades my freshman year at A&M. And at the end of the year, I had to go in and see the dean. And he said, well, according st to statistics, you have a, a high SAT score, which means I'm not dumb, and then yeah. uh, I, and but I had low grades in uh, high school graduating, and that ratio, he said, is means that you're you're smart, but you're too smart for your own good, and you're kind of lazy, and you have less than a one percent chance of graduating from Texas A&M. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And he said that they showed me a graph, you know, of, of yeah, SAT yeah. and then the low, the low grades uh, yeah. in high school. And uh, that just infuriated me. And um, when I finished my master's degree at A&M, I went back and told them that that's what did it. It just made me so mad that I was going to be a statistic and I, was, I wasn't going to be a statistic. And exactly. And yeah. you get committed to actually... Mm -hmm you know, beating that statistic and, right. and the statistic, you know, works. Um, I, there are so many statistics and here's the thing, you know, there's a statistic that actually says that if you want to apply to a, a university uh -huh. to go, to go to a university and, 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 and it's very, very difficult, you have very high probability of entering if you apply very, very late because by, you know, they, they, be, they begin with the application very strict and by the time they reach their last applications, they they're already you know tired of you know reviewing everything, uh -huh. and 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 you increase your chances more than double fold if oh. you apply late. That's how I could have gotten into Colorado College. I could be in the Rockies <laughs> now. But but, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, here's the thing, you know, yeah. we we human beings we actually do react according to. Um, you know, there is a number in our mass, there is a general uh -huh. um, uh, way of acting. We act similarly wherever we are. And, and if you are able to sort of pick up the trend, um, you'll be able to understand exactly the behavior of human beings. In general, I'm not talking about the anomalies. You'd always get those smart asses, you know, at the, on the, that, you know, would always want to uh, do things differently. But, right. but when you're doing it, you know, in a mass, 90% of, of the behavior is actually, um, you can actually pick it up. So if we're smart enough to know that, you know, you can actually 
create a change in 90% of the population, then, then what you do is just, you know, focus on the factors that actually cause that change and you can change it to um, what you like. I mean, there are a lot of bad people out there, you know, in, in, in politics or in government or whatever it is that they control the media, they control marketing, or they control a product of necessity. Mm-hmm. And they're able to actually profit with money out of out of the general population who are able to just be so um, blinded by, you know, um, by this thing of, you know, buy here, buy this, buy this, pay mm-hmm. this, pay this, you know, go to this movie, go to this movie, whatever it is, or eat this, um, or go party here, and, and you know, and then, and then, and then people will fall into the, most of the people always fall into the hands of those bad people. So we can use their tricks, but actually do something good about it. Oh yeah, yeah. My my um, my son's actually too smart for uh, he's wised up too much. He yells at the commercials <laughs> on the TV. He's only eleven, and he, he'll yell, "That's not true!" Like, or uh, "Quit trying to sell me drugs on the <laughs> TV." Uh, <laughs> Because I make those comments, you know, and he's picked up on what I. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it has to happen, and I yeah. think I think there is a sort of a a, a general um, sort of perception that is 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 changing because now conventional media, conventional way of sending messages through to people and to making them uh, in debt and making them sick or making them whatever it, it's. It's losing grip because now you have the ability to actually do more interactions with people, and 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 anyone can be anyone can send their their messages through. And what we're doing right now, both you and I, we're actually countering all of that conventional way of sending messages, and we're actually educating everyone and telling them, listen, be aware, look at exactly where you step before you step there, because you know you can actually. Uh, you know, decide where you want to go. You can actually decide what you want to buy. You don't have to buy everything. You don't have to eat everything. All right, let's take a short break from this awesome interview to talk about Amrita bars, A-M-R-I-T-A, Amrita, which is nectar of the gods. That's what that means. And they are date-based bars that are super-duper healthy, and I absolutely love them, and you can get them at a discount by going to amritahealthfoods.com and using discount code ZEN2016. They've been a longtime sponsor of Zentry, and I absolutely adore eating these energy bars. They're incredible. They're super smooth on the stomach, give you fast-acting and long-lasting energy because they're date-based, and then they have uh, seeds and all kinds of... Oh, they have cardamom mixed in, which is actually kind of soothing on the stomach. It's really, really nice. And one thing you should know in these winter months when it gets really cold and your food might freeze on you out there, these won't. They are actually made so they won't freeze unlike some grain-based bars. So I'm a big fan of these. They also have super cool kits and uh, gear that you can go check out at amritahealthfoods.com. So don't forget, support your Zentri sponsors, people that love Zentri, they make this show come to life. And one of them is Amrita Bars, A-M-R-I-T-A, Amrita Bars, and they're amritahealthfoods.com. And you can get a discount with discount code ZEN2016. 
2016. Zen 2016. Go check them out. Just cruise around the page. Read the ingredients, man. All the different flavors and stuff. They're super cool. All right, let's go ahead and get back to our interview. Here we go. Right. I, I totally agree. There's um, now in 2015, 2016, we can kind of see where this this path of, of um, believing in all the marketing and stuff that's been given to us over the past, like, say, 30, 40 years, like the mass production of food and, and just like I was saying earlier, like party, party, party all the time. Every, every day seems to be like a birthday with, with uh, junk food and no exercise. And then now look at us, right? Yeah. And um, and now with the with the prevalence of the internet and of individuals and uh, and these techniques that we're kind of a, it's kind of like we've woken up and saying, oh, whoa! And then now there's people stepping forward that are saying, no, you can live like this, and this is how I did it. And those people are, are accessible now. Yeah. And you yeah. Can, you can see them and you can meet them, and they have a media presence where they can say, you know, this is what I do. And this is um, how I got to where I'm, I'm at. And this is how I reversed my situation, and I'm and I'm better off than I used to be before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and and, and you know, this is where this is. I think is is now that we know the tools, and we uh, we know we have the tools, and mm-hmm. now that we know that there's some there is an issue going on worldwide, uh, we all have to play our roles. I mean, we 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 can't just go to um, just wait there and say like, yeah, I know there's a problem, so I'm just waiting for someone to come over and just fix the problem, or let me just, uh, you know, call the government and tell them, hey, there's a problem, do something. I think, you know, what we're doing, uh, people like us, we we're like, you know, I'm gonna play my own role. I'm I'm gonna be the small piece in the puzzle, or I'm gonna be the small piece of, of a bigger answer, and and try to do my part of you know, being a responsible, you know, global citizen. I'm not talking about a, a responsible national citizen. We, we mm-hmm. can't even, it's, it's not even right for us to put borders and say, well, that's where I'm going to operate and that's it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's just us being responsible globally and trying to um, begin where, wherever it is, uh, begin this movement, if, 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 you know, if we want to call it that, of just correcting everything and informing people that you know you have legs these legs one day one, one there was one day in the past your ancestor was using them for something and now you have them and you don't even know how to use them right so you know and 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 and, and you know and and uh, there are so many i mean you can if you go to historical books you'd see that you know, we are machines. We're but we're created like machines to operate. We, if you actually line up all the living things, all the animals, you mm-hmm. know, lions, elephants, giraffes, human beings, whatever, line them up. We're one of the most efficient create creatures out there. Right. We can go further more than anyone, probably anyone else. Maybe only few animals can pass us. We we the way we hunted long long time ago was we follow animals until they're tired and then we catch them. I know. And you know, yeah. so that was our advantage is uh, is we could we could cool ourselves better than they could and we could carry water and we would just out out walk them and outrun them until they collapsed. Yeah. Until and, they collapsed. Have you seen that video of the persistence hunting? I love that video. Um, in the Kalahari Desert. Have you seen that? Uh, 
I haven't actually, but oh, now that I'll you have said to send it, it to you. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, they run down a, a kudu, which is like a big, it's like a big, big deer uh, for people listening. Yeah. Um, go look it up. Uh, K-U-D-U. Um, okay. And what, on purpose, they pick out the biggest one. And you would think, why would they pick the biggest one? Well, the biggest one has the biggest body mass and the biggest uh, rack of antlers. Oh, okay. It's like two horns, really. And it's just the, the sheer weight and the size of it. And they start hunting uh, early or middle of the day. And, um, and this has been going on for thousands of years, right? Yeah. And uh, they, just, they just jog and jog and jog. And they run about a marathon. It's about how far they run. And the thing just eventually uh, collapses. Uh, under its own weight and heat and they walk up to it and kill it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i mean um they don't let it rest in the shade you know and so we're using our smarts to to outwit it and not let it rest and not let it cool down but then also using our endurance to just uh, keep it moving until it overheats and um, yeah. yeah it's amazing it's the coolest thing so yeah we're naturally endurance athletes you don't have to do much to become a great endurance athlete you already born being human is got 99 percent of it covered yeah and i, I you know one, one uh, i think i'm not sure exactly what i think in 2003 i went to uh, i went around a trip in italy in like uh, you know milan and venice and rome and things mm -hmm. like that and i started seeing all those sculptures of of, of people like really long time ago mm -hmm. and they're all like they're all like you know they got nice bodies and yeah, nice you know abs and <laughs> they're really ripped and i'm like I don't think there was a gold gym back then. No. You know? It was called building a stone fence is what you needed to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. What were, were they like really, you know, like laying down on a bench and, you know, bench pressing rocks and then doing the shoulder rock pressing and then, uh, I don't think so. I think, you know, I, I, I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure that it's because a lot the lifestyle, these guys looked like that. Right. There's no fast and, food back then either. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, you know, and then you fast forward to, yeah. to today and, and, and you go to this movie called Wally. -E. Have you seen Wally? -E? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you see the, these really, you know, like there was a, uh, like this clip of these really fat kids or guy, I don't know what they were, but they, they you know, they had like a screen in front of them and they can, they don't need to move. Right. Uh, and, and they, they can do everything. They're so fat, they can't walk. They can't walk. And then, yeah. And, but that's, here's the thing. It's that's not funny because that's where we're going. Yeah. I mean, you know, today there's this machine that I really, really hate, which is they call it the hoverboard, but it doesn't hover. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, where, you know, you just stand there oh, and you lean forward and it moves you. And you lead, yeah. Oh, my God. This thing just ticks me off. And <laughs> I, I just <laughs> really hate it. You, <laughs> <laughs> you and I are so alike on that. I, this just like, I, that's the things I get. Those are the exact same things I get angry at. Uh, this is, why are those they selling things, millions of those and not like building a bicycle highway? They built a bicycle highway in Germany. Did you see that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just, I mean, this thing is, so one guy tried to talk to me about it, you know, because my son was really crying and he wanted one. And I'm, and I'm like, listen, what's the cost? He's like, well, that's the cost. I'm like, I'm going to a bike shop and I'm buying you a bike. That's three times this cost. And he's like, you are? I'm like, yeah, now. So I went and I bought him like a, you know, a very expensive Scott, um, oh, wow. a, a really a very 2016 edition, whatever. I'm like, 
I'm, you know, I'm willing to pay three times as much for you to get a bike and a helmet mm -hmm. and gloves and some cycling clothes than to actually buy you that thing because you need to understand that toys are supposed to make you better, not worse. Right. And and uh, and then I bought my daughters as well and helmets and all. And now I love it because I can see them outside my house with with their bikes, with their helmets, and they're so much enjoying it. Mm -hmm. If I bought that thing for them, they'd use it for like a week or so and then throw it, or maybe it's gonna just blow up by itself, like it's doing around the world. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> all that too. Yeah. yeah so the, the thing the thing is. You know, I saw Wally. I'm, th I'm very happy. I mean, very glad that I actually saw Wally, the mm -hmm. movie, and I saw those fat kids because this machine is actually, you know, once taking us one step towards the, that reality in the in the movie, and uh, and, I, and I don't want that because, I mean, what do you? I mean, what's happening over there is is nothing. You're just standing on something, and you're not. You know, you're not burning calories, and you, you know, if, if every every kid has a step counter, they're not getting any steps out of that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, somebody tried to give us a um, an electric scooter uh, just the other day for Christmas, and I said, "No, yeah. we're not taking it." And why not? I said, "Because he's already got two scooters that are normal <laughs> scooters, and yeah. he needs to be riding those, and uh, not one that self propelled." We have a real problem here in the United States with. Um, People buying their kids these electric little cars, yeah. you know, like little Barbie cars and little Tonka yeah, cars yeah, yeah, that yeah. you can sit in. Yeah. And um, and people try to push them on you. You know, you should get one. And we see them all. If you live in an affluent neighborhood, you see them all over the place. And the um, so somebody will have had gone through two or three of those as a kid growing up nowadays, but still not know how to ride a bicycle. That's very that's very sad. Yeah. And I'm just like no way. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, you know. It's it's uh, we we're young, yeah. um, but 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 we are think we're the generation that have seen this big shift because we you know just we grew up like late seventies and early eighties and we were um, we right. had you know our bicycles and and we didn't have all the stuff and the you know and 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 we've. Um, we've seen what it did because it it really made us you know connect with each other, made us socialize, it made us you know. And nowadays it's just it's just ridiculous, and especially especially in this part of the world where we have oil, and sometimes oil is not good because you know there's this thing called the oil curse. I'm not sure if you heard about it, but it's similar to someone who's just wealthy and and they actually use money to become lazier. Right. Um, instead of using it to do something else, and and you know, you, so you have money, and what you do is you just you know, uh, you have your own guy who drives your own, your car. You don't need to drive. You have um, you know, you don't need to go out and buy groceries. You have someone that goes and buys your groceries for you. Mm -hmm. um, you don't need to drive your kids to school. So you has you have someone that would actually go and drive your kids to school, and. And then, and you know, and that's it. So everything that you do as part of a head of a family, you have someone else that does it for you, and and that's the oil curse. That's when you you know you lose your connection with people, you lose your relationships with your kids, you with your family, and you get you know you just get so busy into doing something else that you actually don't have time for yourself to go and you know for a jog or go cycle with someone that you um, you know with some friends and. Or you know, or um, or whatever. You just—it's just 
you know, you don't, we don't know how to spend money, us human beings. We don't right. know how to do that. And, well, we're and so, that's, we're so, I mean, we're so wired primitively, um, you know, because for thousands of years, there wasn't any kind of luxury. And so when you come across it, you know, it's going to, it's going to go away really quickly. So we're wired to enjoy it to the extreme, but you know, for brief periods of time is, is how often, you know, good circumstances should come around like that, where you can afford to be lazy. And, um, but we've engineered, but for example, using oil and, and other resources, we've engineered our world to be luxury all the time. And yeah, then yeah. you kind of get out of it now, nowadays it's, it's work. You have to work harder to, uh, not, to not live in luxury. Like, um, for me to bike to work is actually way more difficult than it is to drive to work. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, as in, yeah. See, see, that's the, these are all the things that are in you know that we now understand, and I've spoken to them personally yeah. to you know um, decision makers in this part of the world, right. um, and and they agree with all that stuff, and um, so so what we're doing is just. You know, understanding that okay, we agree there's an issue. Now what? Now what? What do we do? Well, you know, we want to make it fun for people to actually, you know, um, get moving and to do something and to get into something that is uh, of a, you know, uh, of an advantage and a benefit for them. Right. So how do we, you know, imagine, imagine if, if a, you know, uh, imagine if you have a you know, a jar of Nutella in front of you mm -hmm. and it's actually good for you to eat Nutella. Right. I mean, you know, that's, that's a really, you know, a dream come true yeah. when, you know, you can actually go and have a Coke or, you know, drink whatever you want. And actually all of that stuff is actually good for you. Right. And, and that's not impossible. That's doable because we can actually make it fun. We can make it fun for people to, if we put our, you know, heads together and we invest in the right thing in the right way, we will be able to make it fun. And, and I think Iron Man is, that's why a lot of people actually, you know, I mean, you, you suffer in an Iron Man, you mm -hmm. know, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, you, you, for hours, half Iron Man, you, six hours or whatever you, you, of pain, but you actually enjoy it and, or 12 hours, you know, but you actually enjoy it. Right. And, or doing something, you know, d doing an Iron you know, uh, 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 something, something crazy like you did for three days, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is, we actually enjoy it. You right. know, you actually, you, you know, a couple of days later, uh, you find out that you, you remind yourself that you actually did it and you get uh -huh. this high. You don't need to go and smoke weed. Yeah. You, you, you can just pass the finish line of an Ironman and you will get the same feeling, sure, you know, yeah. and, and, but it's actually going to last longer because uh, because you're gonna, you can remind yourself every time, and you can look look at your medal, and you can look at your T-shirt, and your and your photo, finish your pics, whatever it is. But you will be able to maintain this high mm -hmm. of satisfaction for a longer period of time if you do the right thing. So, so I think you know, um, bringing Iron Man to this part of the world, and bring and us promoting triathlon is is a strategy itself to do something instead of just 
not do something. I mean, we are misunderstood globally. You know, we have issues in this country. We had issues, I'd have to say. Um, Some media reporting was good. Some media reporting was bad. Um, Some tainted us with something. I mean, it's a perception of what the Arab world is, especially these days with, you know, um, all the politicians trying to, you know, get more, um, what do you call it, like, uh, you know, more... People to vote for them, so right. yeah. they would just try to, um, you know, convince them that they're the people, whatever. So, you know, who do they target? And unfortunately, this time of year, it's or this time, this period of time is us. So, you know, it's we we understand that that's going on, but right. but at the same time, you know, we want to focus, and this is our this is where we're very true to ourselves, and we believe that you know it's. This is how we try to do our part, and this is how we're actually responsible to um, to do something instead of just sitting back and doing nothing. Right. The the um the an interesting thing is people around the world are so much alike that if you could speak the same language and you sat down with people on the other side of the world in, in Middle East or China or Peru or you know Russia or wherever the how much you have in common is is unbelievable, and so much of what is made, what you're taught of how different somebody is, you know, and yeah. how other people are wrong and they're and don't be like them or whatever, is actually made up, like you're saying, for political reasons to raise funds <laughs> for something, yeah. or uh, you know, to protect our protect our borders or something. And the uh, um, people are so much alike um, wherever you go, and uh, it's it's crazy how. Yeah, divisive. Uh, some people try to make us, and I was I was so honored that you asked me um, if if I could come to Bahrain uh, for the race earlier this year. Yeah, that yeah. I was telling everybody that would listen that <laughs> I'm going to go to Bahrain. Like this is so cool. People couldn't believe it. They're like you're going to where? I said, I'm going to Bahrain to be in this race, <laughs> and I was so excited. I felt so bad after I did the um, Ultraman. Yeah, uh, the ultra baby I did the um, my plantar fasciitis in my foot was so bad. I think I've, I'm positive I have one of those tears that creates a um, bone spur oh. uh, in my left heel, and I'm waiting for that to go away. I, I tried to kind of keep like we were talking earlier. Tried to keep running on it a little bit to um, yeah. to see if it would go away just by decreasing the intensity, and it didn't. And then now I finally just broke my toe, and now I'm not running at all. So that I can, and I'm like, wow, this is what I should have done a long time ago is just not run at all and heal up. So I, w- I was honored to be invited. My dad, um, before I was born, my dad went to Europe and then hitchhiked back in the 60s and 70s. I'm not sure what years it was exactly. He hitchhiked all the way from um, England over to Israel and I think into Saudi Arabia even. And then back again over a period of about a year and a half or two years. Wow. And um, came back with all this cool stuff. And, and so I grew up um, with uh, stories of what it was like on the other side of the world. And and, um, and so when I had an opportunity to go, I was like, oh, I get to do what my dad did. I get to go to the Middle East, you know. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm still totally up for it and super excited. And I've got questions about the... Um, the culture over there. Yeah. Uh, what is what is the biggest sport in Bahrain and Dubai and and 
well, it's like that. it's football, or yeah. I guess soccer. you guys soccer, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, that's like you know the biggest thing going on, and and then it's just the normal, you know, it's like football, and then it's just like you know uh, basketball, volleyball, and handball. Uh-huh. So um, and and yeah, and pretty much that's you know, but football is basically the number one sport, and. And, you know, but but it's 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 a bit changing and you know that globally the 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 high the volleyball is the is the sport that most people around the world play. So it's yeah, I've heard so of that. Yeah, yeah. So, it, but but here it's um you know it's football basically. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the or soccer. I mean, that's um yeah that's the sport. And uh, but but you're welcome. You know, and uh, you, the invitation is extended to 2016. So well, thank you. Hope to see. <laughs> but tell me about yeah. um, what's okay. So we had Danielle Reef win the uh, triple crown. She managed to pull it off, win all three of those races in the series. Yeah. And um. And then the uh, what's what's the next race that's up? Is it Dubai that's coming? Yeah. So it, yeah. So it's it's basically um, it's going to be uh, in January twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ironman seventy point three Dubai. Right. Um, we we haven't. I don't think that. I mean, we haven't really chosen the second race, but most likely it's going to be the seventy point three Worlds in Australia. Okay. Um, and then and then the finale again would be the seventy point three here in Bahrain. So it's going oh, to be just all Ironman. Yeah, yeah. Um, before Yemen had the problem where they had to pull the race out of there, I saw pictures of where the race course might be. And, okay. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, that looked beautiful. That was, that was like some rugged terrain too, isn't it? Like yeah, in in Salala and Oman. Uh-huh. Um, the here's the thing now. We are in the Arabian Peninsula. Basically, uh-huh. the Arabian Peninsula is Saudi Arabia, and then you know the majority of it, and then there's UAE, uh, United Arab Emirates, Oman, uh, Yemen, you know. So, and then where the smaller countries are Bahrain and and Qatar and Kuwait, and you know, and a little bit of uh, Iraq. So mm-hmm. this is the this is the Arabian Peninsula. Um, now in the Arabian Peninsula, we're basically just desert, and right. and uh, you know just maybe a little bit here and there, some uh, you know palm trees and and things scattered. But in general, we're desert. Right. Um, now in Salala, just that that you know part of the world, just that it in the summertime, the monsoon season that goes by, uh, you know, in, in Asia. Uh-huh. It, it actually passes by Salala, just Salala itself, every year in August. Mm-hmm. And so in the Arabian Peninsula, just that city over there is, and, and, and the surrounding ones, uh-huh. um, uh, the ones after it, they, they have a very different weather. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they have the trees there, the palm trees are, you know, they look like the ones in Asia. So they have like coconut and you know and bananas and stuff like wow. that and it's very it it is out of this world it's unbelievable mm-hmm. and and uh, you know and it's cooler over there and it's moisty and it's just amazing it's it's out of this world really unbelievable so what we wanted to do is actually you know have and it's mountainous uh, what we wanted to do is actually do something over there and that is it's it's like yeah, really it's, it's, what what is over there yeah it, it's like Heaven on Earth, yeah. uh, Salala, so beautiful, untouched, and uh, people are so nice. 
but I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't really pull it off. Um, you know, so it's, it's not in our hands. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, we had, um, uh, we need, you know, we, we couldn't continue, uh, in a way with, uh, with challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, I left challenge and, uh, I decided to, uh, uh, go with Iron Man and bring them over here. So, um, and that's how it ended up. Yeah, I, I, um, I was talking to uh, Ben Hobbs from TRS Radio about that, yeah. uh, gosh, almost a year ago. And I said, um, I told him that your angle, you know, of course, uh, challenge and Ironman are important. But from what I learned from you talking with you was that it's even bigger than that. You know, the whole health issue um, for the whole country. Um, is one step above actually who's the promoting the race. It's important, but it's a, that's a means to an end of, of better health and fitness for the whole country. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's see the thing is, um, in order for me to reach my reach our objective, I would have to say all of us to reach mm-hmm. our objective. Um, you know, we we want we want to reach it easier. We want to we want to get to our objective. In a, in an uh, using an easier route, so Ironman provides an easier route to the objective than Challenge, and because you know because they're a bigger brand, and because they it's it's much easier to fund an Ironman race um, than Challenge. It's a more Ironman is a is a is a race that you know even though it's a bigger brand, but it's cheaper to to organize an Ironman than Challenge. Oh, it is. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. It, it, it is because because uh, because you get a lot of companies want to be associated with it. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, and yeah. and you get you get much easier. Um, you know, uh, it's much easier to get to get uh, sponsors because mm-hmm. um, uh, because there are high, more people are participating. So that mm-hmm. means that more you get more um, you know uh, income out of the registration. Wow. Um, you know, so so more people register, more more people pay you. That's um, true. Yeah. yeah. So uh, not just that, but um, you, you know, it, it's it's when you go to a company and be like, "Hi, there's an Iron Man. We want you. We want you to pay us." And then it's different when you go and you say, you know, any other brand because Iron Man is Iron Man, mm-hmm. and and that's how it is. You know, it's um, you get more people and and more people pay attention to it. The the brand is is just so big that. You know, uh, the M dot is just people know it easier. Right. Um, you know, and uh, so I think you know, like last year when we had challenge over here, people finished and be like, oh, I just did it's a half Iron Man, and then we're like, well, don't. I mean, but but that's the reality is that um, ch- ch- challenge have a challenge in front of them, and <laughs> you know, and yeah. and it's actually it has to do. Mostly, it has to do with them. It's not with people. It has to do they, you know, with with their brand. Right. Yeah. It, it, they need to find a way because I I don't think that the name itself is is a good. You I mean you know they they're in competition with Ironman, so mm-hmm. an Ironman has few things um, of an advantage, and they need to find how they need to see how they can actually go. Um, through that advantage, because nowadays people that finish challenge, they'd say they'd say that I've done. Okay, let's say they do. They did two iron. They did an Ironman and a challenge. They would say that I've done two Ironmans. They wouldn't right. say that I've done a challenge and an Ironman. 
So, um, you know, I, I think um, it's it's going to be very difficult for them. They need. I, I, if I was in challenge, I would do a complete rebranding. Yeah, I thought about that too with the branding. You need to brand your. Um, you need to brand if it, if you're an event race. You need your brand needs to be something that is a a result where the name of the event is also a thing, and then that way you can say you're that thing. So you could say um, like the the Spartan Warrior uh, yeah. race series, right? So you can say I'm I am a Spartan Warrior. I, I did the Spartan Warrior thing. Yeah, yeah. Like the the, exactly. the name itself has the event kind of built into it. And then yeah. uh, that leads to people talking about it differently in a way that they can identify with it. So you'd say, yeah, yeah a, a platinum, a, you know, not platinum man. You would take man out of it. Something like, yeah, where it's a, um, it's a thing when you're done. I got a question for you. Tell me, so people uh, going to Bahrain and, for example, Dubai, um, I want, I've been wanting to ask you this. Uh, I tried uh, as I was getting prepared to come over to Bahrain um, for the race, I tried learning Arabic and that lasted about five minutes um, <laughs> because it's such a different language, you know, and then, um, and then, uh, but what I find cultures like so fascinating, if somebody's coming over to, to Bahrain or Dubai to do the races, um, what, uh, what are some things that Westerners need to know to do and to not do? And like, what might what might they see that might like they go, oh my gosh, what's that? And then not know what's going on. Like, what are some tips like to get people curious about coming over? Yeah, well, one thing is that um, you know what, what this part of the world has different, very different than America is that in America most of the people over there are Americans. Um, you know, over here, uh, for example, in Bahrain, fifty percent of the population, fifty percent are not Bahrainis. Oh, um, that's worse so, than like Florida or California, where nobody's <laughs> from there. Yeah, <laughs> and in 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 the UAE in Emirates in Dubai, uh, only nineteen percent of the population are actually citizens. Uh, we have oh, thir- one hundred and thirty-five nationalities living in this country. Um, wow. Dubai has maybe even more, just a little bit more, uh-huh. and. F- through years and years, we've been a stopover for people from Europe to go to Asia and from people from Asia to go to Europe and very, very internationalized. So already everyone in in both countries, you know, is used to all the system, all the institutions, you know, they're all used to um, Mm -hmm. people coming over and speaking in English and and everyone speaks two languages here in Bahrain. Almost the people in Bahrain speak two languages at least. So, you know, Arabic and English is Mm -hmm. is the norm. Um, everyone speaks English, almost everyone speaks English. So you really have to work very hard to find um, someone that doesn't speak English in this part of the world. So, I mean, it's very easy. It wouldn't be a problem at all. But, you know, what? they don't need to learn a new language. It's not like going to Asia or, you know, where it's going to be very difficult and, and, and people are going to be, um, you know, uh, they're going to have issues speaking in English. Over here, it's just straightforward and almost every sign we have on the road maybe all the signs actually uh are actually in two languages in english and in arabic okay um so it's not really a very big issue we are we actually also you know currency wise we are you know if you go to starbucks for example over here um 
you can actually choose if you want to pay with Bahraini dinars or the dollars because, wow. uh, yeah, because we have a lot of Americans living in, in Bahrain um, because the fifth U.S. naval fifth fleet and an air force base is a uh, is uh, but the fifth fleet is here in Bahrain. Oh, I didn't know. That. Uh, yeah, we it's been here since the eighties, um, and uh, it's a very big base, and they're just expanding. And uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, you know to have a lot of my classmates. Um, you know, visit me during the Iraq war and, you know, oh, when they cool. stop over over here and I'd be able to, you know, go out, you know, uh, take them out at night and, you know, before they uh, get to go to Kuwait or to Iraq or whatever or to Afghanistan. And um, so, so uh, you know, I just, uh, it, it's very internationalized and especially for Americans or British coming over they wouldn't feel at all i mean that they're but right now it's 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 like the holidays and a lot of families the uh, you know my friends who are americans and british who i ride um, the bike with they don't go they don't take a vacation holiday and go to uk they're actually their friend their parents or their uh family i'll come, come visit them come visit them yeah. because that's you, like when we lived know, in san diego we didn't go anywhere people came to us <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 really because uh, you know people people want to have an excuse to to leave and go to San Diego, for example. Right. Yeah. You know, and 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 the good thing about Bahrain is that you can ride your bike through the whole year. So yeah. Uh, oh, tell me a little bit about that. Okay. So let's say like this time of year, it's winter ish yeah. for you. I guess it's kind of like Texas. Like we have sort of a winter. But the um, depends. Texas is so huge. It's like, what part of Texas are you in? But yeah. the um, so we started off the show. You were talking about packing up your bike. So do you this time of year? Can you ride all day out in the heat and it's fine? Or like, yeah. what's the temperature like all day? Well, it's uh, right now in my. I think in my car it says sixty uh -huh. right now. Oh, that's so really I'm cool. Yeah. So I'm I'm not at home actually. So I just. Um, you know, stepped into my car uh -huh. uh, right outside the bike shop, right. and uh, you know, so I can see the temperature. And today, today is a warm, sort of a warmish day. It's not really very, very cold. So I was out with uh, without a jacket uh, on a bike, just mm -hmm. a you know a normal uh, bike outfit uh, with uh, with half you know fingers, whatever you call them, gloves. Yeah, right. And that's it. Yeah, but it gets hot in the summertime, but you can still cycle at night or uh, really early in the morning right uh but you just need to pack you know more uh, more uh, you know water bottles right um the, but you, literally you can go out through the whole year and cycle or run and uh, uh maybe swimming you just need a wetsuit uh during the the um uh in the winter when you want to uh, swim in the sea but right. um but it's it's a perfect place to train the only thing is that we don't have altitude right and uh, but we are building facilities uh sometimes in the future we're we're trying we're trying to build a 400 meter uh track that is actually altitude uh, climate controlled oh cool yeah yeah so it's well this sounds a lot like where i live where in the winter it's actually great training climate we have some bad yeah. days, but but the summer is where you have to really watch out in the middle of the day to uh, late afternoon. You do not want to go outside. <laughs> yeah, but then when no, it's, it turns it's, night or it's early in the morning, it's actually not that bad. Yeah, it's it's actually very simple, very uh, similar. Sorry yeah. to uh, to Texas. I've been 
I spent a couple of months uh, in the summertime in Texas, uh, in Austin once. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. And my friends went to a school there called St. Edwards mm-hmm. um, in Austin. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I remembered in the summertime how hot it was. Um, it's a little bit warmer than that over here in Bahrain. And right, like for, for one month, it's like a bit very warm. But... You know that you don't ride during that time. You ride really late at night or very early in the morning. Right. So uh, yeah, it should it should be. Um, I mean, it, it is fine. The weather is is really good, um, and uh, you know it's it's it's. But having an an Ironman over here, half Ironman, we have to do it in December. I think is a very is a perfect time yeah. of year. So if people are are flying in, how what airport? Like, say you're coming from the east coast of the United States, from, like, New York City. I guess if you're yeah. flying out of there. What, when I was looking at flights, I think maybe it had a flight going through Turkey or something, or I'm trying to remember now. But, like, yeah, what's the, a typical airport to go through? Well, see, um, if you're really, really low on budget, then I, there, there are, like, you know, the flights. Boat. The, the, <laughs> yeah. But you just have to go out a month swim and a half before. Yeah. <laughs> but... It's uh, actually um, Dubai and and Abu Dhabi. Uh, they have um, you know the Emirates or mm-hmm. and and Doha and Qatar. So the Qatar Airways or uh, the Emirates or Etihad, those three airlines, mm-hmm. they go everywhere. Um, they literally go everywhere. So Dallas, there's one direct flight to Dubai or you know you new york me? really yeah yeah there's so i could uh, just to, drive to, over to, to dallas Petra? and then fly to dubai i thought either to dubai or to doha or yeah. to, you know or to abu dhabi but oh. to dubai yeah it's just one flight and and then there's just this 50 minute flight to bahrain um so uh, we used to have we had issues with our national carrier which is it's called gulf air mm-hmm. but our our gulf air goes to london right now and and a little bit of asia uh, so you can either go to London and then directly to Bahrain, or you can just take a you know very long, exciting, um, uh, you know one plane all the way to Dubai and then or to do a Dubai. Mostly the Emirates is very big. Um, it's a very big airline. It's one of the, actually the best top five airlines around the world. Uh, the three of them are actually those that I spoke to you about, which is Qatar Airways. Etihad and the Emirates. Right. They fly. They fly everywhere, and um, so it's just yeah. You just drive to, to Dallas, I think. Yeah, I think it's Dallas, and then just directly to Dubai, and from Dubai to Bahrain. And then once over there, what's a must? Uh, a must eat food. Uh, well, unfortunately, this is where. This is where I don't. <laughs> this is where I'm, I'm. I'm against because all this food that you must eat is very bad for you. But what about like um, different? Like I love hummus, for example. But would you yeah, have like yeah. some kind of exotic flavors of hummus that we wouldn't have oh, over yeah. here? Yeah, we have. Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. We do have. Yeah. I mean, see the, the I've I've eaten hummus in. Uh, I will call it hummus in um in in America and many places, but. They are really not that good of a quality to what we have over here. So the the hummus you will eat over here, they will be very good. Um, that's what people try to tell me about the grits. <laughs> you know, I that's one thing that I absolutely hate, uh-huh. and they're trying to convince me that it's only at 
you know, the military college that yeah. it's very bad. But I was like, I'm not even going to try it everywhere I go around the world. Yeah. Whenever there is grits, you will not find me. No. And uh, yeah, but hummus, yeah, it's good. You know, the kebabs over here are good. Oh, the, yeah. 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 B- uh, biryani, you know, yeah. um, uh, all the, um, uh, the, 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 the sort of the smoothies, natural you know fruits all the stuff we have really good good food we're this part of the world that's what makes us sick is because we have really good food right <laughs> <laughs> you know that's that's yeah. the thing we have you know all the spices that are off of you know from this part of the world from india mm-hmm. we um you know you don't get you don't have a lot of spices in, in the in america right uh but here they are so creative in spices and in pickles that they mix them with those kind of food and they it's out of this world. And I mean, you know, when you're here, I'm only going to take you once to go and eat this type of food because it's really blow my mind. No. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not really, you know, I don't like, I think this is where I am. I'm again, this is where I'm really against because I think that, you know, um, it's very easy to get this type of food, uh, very easy. And I think we have to, um, um, we have to really think about food as a fuel. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind, well, I mean, really don't mind to, that we eat something like that, but think about the calories and then think about what you do to get those calories out. Because right. if you go to sleep and you've consumed more calories than you've actually burnt, then that's not a good day. Right. Um, and, and I think those, the good food is good food is really packed with calories. Um, you know, the spices and the rice and all this, uh, you know, oil and everything. And, you know, and, and you, that, that, that doesn't work for us. Um, you know, I, I know that a lot of people from this part of the world, they will hear, cause I'm going to send this podcast to everyone that I know about and yeah. they will hear this and they will be like, Oh my God, I can't believe you just dissed our, dishes and stuff like that you're gonna make all the ladies mad and you're gonna but yeah i'm I'm owning it and i'm telling them you're wrong because this food is wrong um it's it's something that um we need to change we need to just you know do something what are are some healthier food options over there that are that are native to your area that people could own better well you know salads um you know we we can invest in salads burritos we have burritos you know you you mentioned that you get like a really big one probably they give you for free i guess (laughs) Um, birds yeah (laughs) yeah and 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 then you take them to work and and you take your time eating a burrito Mm -hmm. but it's it's um we we have those things over here we have light snacks light Mm -hmm. sandwiches you know we have coffee shops we have all this stuff but you know, it's, uh, it, it doesn't, it's, you don't get this taste your and your taste buds. Oh, you grow up, you know, we grew up, you know, just eating every meal with a lot of taste in it, with all, a lot of spices and, you know, and used to just, uh, not stop eating until you're, you can't really swallow anymore. And, and it just, you just, we just need to get used to eating and, you know, not necessarily waiting until wait until you're full to stop mm-hmm. eating. I mean, it's very, very That's basic. Half of but it of right there is learning how to eat, you know, along with what to eat. Is yeah. You don't have to eat uh, everything on your plate. Yeah. You know? and, and here's the thing, you know, I'm, I'm actually not just, you know, I'm, I'm actually a guy that actually doesn't do good in food. And, and, and I'm also teaching myself. Right. Not just tell, trying to tell people to do that. 
and and so the good food over here we have i mean you know right now the world is so internationalized and you'll come here and you'll find the same restaurants and the same places that offer food that you know same as texas we, we actually have tex-mex food in bahrain you know so good uh, <laughs> all right <laughs> we, we have we have tacos i could live there then that's not, it's all right yeah, i swore yeah, i will know, never live in a place that doesn't have uh, mexican food because it's so good <laughs> yeah. yeah that's we, we have we have all of the stuff is available and um you know but actually like you said we need to to learn we need to learn how to eat and i think that's that's very important but you know it's it's uh yeah, but the local places yeah it's it's mostly um, we're mostly known into being very creative in the breakfast part of it. So oh, really? it's a lot of bread. Yeah, so oh. breakfast is fine. So we have like uh, different eggs and beans and you know and and, um, and and hummus and the types of bread and all that stuff is uh, you know uh, we're very big in it. We 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 have this thing called shakshuka. Mm-hmm. Okay, shakshuka is basically, I'm not sure if you heard it before, but it's like no. eggs and tomatoes and onions and oh. and all that stuff mixed together with, yeah. uh, you know, some uh, uh, tomato paste and uh, it, this, uh, with you eat it with like this uh, local type of bread mm-hmm. um, that, that is made, you know, really right out. It's, it's made and it, it's placed on your plate hot. Oh. Right, fresh and now, is this just... good for me or bad for me? Because you're really making it sound good. Well, if it's breakfast, it should be good because that's gonna get you moving right. after the breakfast. Okay. But if you have it, if you have it for dinner, then that's yeah, you're too done. Many you're... calories and then going to bed with a and then going yeah, exactly. So it doesn't. I mean, you know, it, it actually. If you have a big breakfast, it doesn't we have this thing here? The older guys, mm-hmm. they say they say if you want to be healthy, the older ones they say you eat like a king. Um, uh, you eat breakfast like a king, uh, you eat lunch like a minister, and you eat dinner like a poor man. Right. And that's how you get to be healthy because, you know, eat, the breakfast is the most important thing and eat it like a king. Eat like what kings eat in a, uh, uh, for their breakfast. Right. So that's not a problem. Yeah. And then, you know, lunch, eat, eat it not like a king and not like a poor man, but like a, an, you know, like a rich man. Yeah. yeah. But, and then, and then your dinner have what, very very poor man has for dinner and that's the sort of the mentality that we lost over here and uh and i think uh this is where we are trying to do all the stuff in order for us to target this and and you know and i read forums i go to slow twitch and i and and i and i go to you know um all the different forums and i i I see what people talk about when they think about bahrain and i read what they talk about you know, uh, they think, you know, they, they call us, um, they call our investment blood money or whatever, mm. or they say, you know, oh, you know, it's just whatever they want to taint us, you know, with, um, uh, oh, we have, we're victims of doing this and doing that. I'm sure you've read a lot and I've read a lot. And well, yeah, but it's like, it's like, um, any part, any Texas is very similar, right? So, uh, there'll be, um, there's parts of Texas I don't want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that. Not any one place is completely all exactly what you read. So, the um, there's, you know, we don't walk around. Tech. We have this big problem in Texas too, and also in the South of the United States, where they think everybody's racist. 
uh, everybody walks around wearing spurs and with six gun shooters, just shooting everything with their giant cowboy hats on, you know, and <laughs> drive a monster pickup truck, right? And that uh, we all have an oil well in our backyard and ride horses to school or to work. And that's not the case. <laughs> and um, that, now, are there people like that? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I argue with them a lot on Facebook, believe me, yeah. they're, they're my classmates. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so uh, um, <laughs> d there's different sectors of, of the, um, like I, you know, like who I work for, yeah, they, in general, you know, like the America has different companies that do different things. So just because I have a job in the United States does not mean I make missiles for Boeing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's different jobs here, and there's there's different facets of everything. So when you try to lump everybody together in a country under one umbrella, then because somebody did one thing or something else, that has nothing to do with you yeah. or or See, anything the else. The thing is, if yeah. if you ask me right now, where have I met the nicest people in America? I will tell you straight away, it's in Charleston, South Carolina. And then you mm -hmm. you might ask me. Well, where have you find the most racist people that you faced in America? I will say Charleston, South Carolina. You know, <laughs> yep. See, so, so the thing is, uh, you know, it's the same in every city. You know, I've lived over there, but I've lived also in DC. But in DC, I haven't, you know, barely any Americans over there. Uh -huh. But in, you know, it's and in, and in Orange County as well. But it's seems like it's part of Texas or right. part of sorry, um, Mexico. And the thing is. You know, in every place you go, there's a colorful mix of people. And, you know, you it, you can't really generalize when you find a group. It doesn't mean that there is no other group over there. Mm -hmm. And and we are also the same thing over here. You know, we have liberals, we have conservatives, we have extremists, we have crazy people, we have smart people, and we have, you know, and it makes our job easier if we are getting assistance Mm -hmm. to to spread the good people, uh, make more good people than bad people, right. wherever it is. And if we just, you know, get people just become defensive all the time and join ranks with the bad people, then we are not actually doing our job. And and I think, um, you know, what what is, um, I think it's just, you know, we need to just, um, you know, uh, Educate ourselves, I guess, is the best word about that. Right. Um, you know, don't just be close-minded. And, uh, you know, I, today I had this argument with someone who was a friend of mine, actually, on Facebook. And he's like, yeah, I do believe that there should be... Uh, sorry that, you know, this endurance podcast is now going into a little bit political. But it, he's, say, he's saying that I believe that there should be monitoring of mosques in America and every Muslim should have a, a ID card, just like what Trump is saying. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm, I, I was like, well, you know, I actually do agree in, to a certain extent, but why don't we just take care of the first, the more t important stuff first until you reach here? And he's like, what, what more? I'm like, you know, put, be a rational person. And if you have a problem, then put, look at the more important problems that you have and try to solve them first until you reach this problem. But if you just tr go and jump to problem number 20 and forget number one to 19, mm -hmm. then you're actually being irrational. Right. You know? So 
So, uh, so he's like, well, you know, this is the thing. I'm like, well, no, seriously, let's talk. If you want to talk about it, we believe that in Bahrain right now, I personally believe that in order for me to battle extremists, in order for me to battle, uh, you know, diseases, in order for me to battle education, I believe that I need to make people get into sports because this is where it actually makes, it is actually where it, it, it you know, it, 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 it makes you a happier person. And when right. you're happy, you you know you will love everyone, and that's how you want to spread love. Right. You know, just get you know. So why don't why don't we just uh, forget about elections and make everyone do an Iron Man? <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that was the point of the original Olympics in Greece, right? Was to bring everybody together and kind of work things out through sport. At least meet everybody, and then realize they're not that different. But it actually works. I yeah. mean, we're not we're not you know we're not dreaming. We're just saying that this actually, what we are doing, endurance sport, or doing triathlon, mm -hmm. or going, this actually solves problems without you understanding and noticing. This actually gets people together, even though it's a very individualistic sport, it, it's very competitive, and you have people that are very, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, you know, they're very selfish right. in, in this type of sport. But in all, but overall, it, it works. Right, uh, you get to be an know. individual like we all want to be, but then you yeah. also get to see, you get to be part of the world, and then realize that everybody's not so different. And then once you identify, once you meet and identify people from another part of the world, you take it differently when people criticize them, right? Because yeah. I know a guy from Egypt, right? I grew up with a guy from Egypt, and I grew up with a guy that lived in Saudi Arabia. And my dad went to the Middle East, and um, I had friends from Europe. Um, I'm not as close-minded when people say horrible things about a different part of the world. I'm like, have yeah. you actually been there? Because I don't think it's actually like that. They're like, oh, and it's uh, it's or I wouldn't. I, I my my personal thing is I don't say anything about a place until I've been there. Yeah, but and, I mean, you know, it's we have to first understand that. Yeah. If you want to get to know something, then get to know it yourself. Don't have right. someone tell you how it is because they will say it the way they see it. Um, you know, so if I if someone if someone does a, does a triathlon and they hated it, they will tell me how much they hate triathlon. You know, but I want to experience it myself, and I think that right. um, you know all those people that are criticizing us about you know organizing a triathlon here in Bahrain. Um, I, I think, you know, I laugh at those things because what we are doing is something that would actually benefit us and benefit this, the people of behind them. They're, what they're like, what they're saying is like, no, this is a, there's a bad government and they're just trying to make themselves look good. And, you know, they have, uh, uh, human rights issues. They've tortured their people, whatever. I'm like, listen, guys, you're cycling in the middle of the country and, you know, you you are, you know, they, they who, who's benefiting out of that? It's the people. We, you, I mean, we are in Bahrain. Bahrainis who actually weep in the Triathlon Association, we pay the entry fee for every single citizen. You know, every citizen in our country does not pay an entry fee to get into Ironman. Wow. What they can, yeah, what they can do is actually register anyone in Bahrain. They can register, go and pick up their backpack pick up their t-shirts and whatever it is and then just don't go to the race they would end up with a free backpack you know <laughs> yeah 
but yeah so so uh you know, and and not just a free backpack but also uh, you know free food and the welcoming uh you know opening ceremony right um you know but but here's the thing we're doing we're not letting them pay the $300 entry fee because you know we mean business when we want to when we say that we want to benefit those people we mean business and and uh in in the finishing ceremony um andrew messick uh the ironman ceo um he was very touched at in the finishing ceremony uh, he was very touched on what he saw he, he was very emotional and i saw it in his eyes and he said he told us he said you know we, we have a special category for bahrainis first to fifth bahraini male and first to fifth bahraini female mm -hmm. so we have a, a special he's like do you mind if i give if i make a you know give a word on stage to those Bahrainis who won, which were 10 of them, five girls and five guys. And we're like, yeah. And we were on stage. He, he took the microphone. And he's like, Iron Man is offering uh, those winning Bahrainis, um, you know, a qualification slot to the 70.3 World Championships. And they started crying. The ladies, especially the men were like, they couldn't believe it. They were like, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Say it again. Did we just qualify to the World Championship? And, and he said, yeah, you guys just qualified to the world championship. There are special 10 slots just for you guys. Wow. And, and, and we just, that thing was so, so good and so amazing. And, and I think, you know, all the stuff that you hear about Andrew Messick, he is a very nice guy. Mm -hmm. and, and what he did was really, really touched us. I, I, you know, I would pay so much to see any citizen of this country cry with happiness and i saw it and every penny we paid was worth it because i saw people passing the finish line and they were so happy that they were actually crying and it just made us so happy that we said nothing that we have paid for is wasted because this is our aim you know is to get into people's emotions and make them feel good because they deserve it and we don't want to spend money into any other thing but that right and and uh, you know and we were very very lucky because we were actually funding one of the best ironmans around the world with um with the with 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 the private sector's money you know we didn't we didn't pay all that stuff right we are we're gonna have i mean we're paying daniela reef obviously <laughs> but <laughs> but the, but the event itself was spawn you know we have sponsors and they took care of the all the stuff and it was just a very nice day to see the private sector, all these companies that have nothing to do with sports, pitching in, giving us the funds to, to organize this race, looking at the, or, uh, all the volunteers, so happy that they have you know, volunteered. And that's another objective of ours, actually, is to actually get people to have a sense of national identity by volunteering in an event like this. And... Um, and having all these people, you know, finish the, it was just a very happy day. And, and right at the end, you know, Lou Hollander, who, uh, mm -hmm. the 85 year old guy, when right. he finished right at the end, uh, this, this, uh, the MC Paul K, uh, he interviewed him while he's at the finish line, you know, just at the finish line. And he told him, uh, how do you feel? Lou Hollander picked up the microphone in front of all the crowd around him. And he said, I wish we had in America a leader like Sheikh Nasser. And when he said that, you know, I kid you not, but there were people who actually, you know, teared up. Wow. wow. And, 
an, an American guy, 85 year old, knows more about yeah. you know the, <laughs> knows, the country yeah. than anyone younger than yeah. him. Uh, he's a physicist, mm -hmm. and you know he likes horses. He knows everything. This mm -hmm. guy is have lived long enough to know so much, and he saw the leadership qualities in a young guy in our country, Sheikh Nasser, that is being heavily heavily criticized by those. A lot of sorry to say this, but a lot of um, idiots who don't know how you know the sense of the Arab identity is to become a leader and to lead by example and to be part of the people. And without training, he right. um, uh, he said, "I'm going to do the Ironman even without training." He was, you know, he's working full time in the military, uh, right. uh, you know, running operations, uh, d daily operations somewhere in in Yemen. And he's running it out of here. He was actually over there, you know, coming over from a place and uh, that, that, that you can go, you can vanish from this life at any day, right. coming over over here and then just having a couple of weeks to just prepare yourself for an Ironman and still being able to take care of everything and qualify to the world championship at uh, 70.3 worlds. Yeah. Um, it's just something that is very, very brilliant. Right. And this guy, Lou Hollander, he said it. People saw it over there. And, and uh, you know, and the, we, nothing was spent uh, not in its place. Our investment was, was, was worthwhile. Um, and we are going to grow this up. And next year, it's going to be a, a bigger event. It's going to be a better event. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I think... I, th I really think that everyone should be here. You're going to be here. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm committed. I'm, <laughs> I'm more committed than last year because I missed out this year. All right. I want to hop in just for a second to mention livingfuel.com. They make all kinds of cool fuels and foods and add-ins for your diet to make sure that you are living a happy, healthy life with your active lifestyle. You triathlete over there and you over there and you over there. Check it out livingfuel.com. They make uh, smoothie mixes and energy bars and energy packets, which are pretty cool. They got a lot of coconut stuff in them, which is super, super healthy. I love coconut, by the way. Oh my gosh. And also, let's see. Oh, omega-3, uh, omega-6 uh, fish oil that, uh, capsules that you can take and then amino acid powders. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. They have a really cool story behind the family that came up with this stuff to fix uh, somebody in their family that was having uh, emotional depression issues and such. They cleaned up their diet and boom, things turned around and it had to do with what they were eating. So you ever get run down, you ever get tired, man, look at your food first and look at people that have got it figured out. So check out livingfuel.com. And yeah, they have uh, this berry flavored uh, drink mix, which I love. And then the uh, green uh, drink mix, which is uh, really good too. I, I go through that one first because I think that that's out of everything that they make, that might be the healthiest thing um, and easiest and most fun to drink. And then I tend to go over to the, uh, the berry one and then I start dipping into the amino acids and then the fish oil. I mean, all around, they got everything. It's super cool. So go check them out, livingfuel.com and make sure that you tell them that Brett from Zentri sent you. All right, let's get back to the interview. Here we go. I, I think that the um, the thing is is politics and it's is so complicated and just look try to explain your your own personal day to other people you know 
and why you do the things that you do. And, yeah. and then now move that up to the scale of a country. <laughs> and then yeah, exactly. you're, you're like trying to understand how, and then there's also traction, like karma of like how things are the way they are now. And you yeah. have, things are moving along a certain way and it's like a battleship, right? You can't turn things on a dime. You have people in places, you have uh, customs, you, you have culture and to, to move a country or a, just even a sport, right? Like uh, yeah. around and trying to get people involved is so complicated um, that things happen gradually over time. And there's so many moving pieces that to, to judge something without being right in the middle of it from the outside, you're not looking at the whole picture, you know? Yeah. That's why I'm glad you came on to talk about that, about actually what it's like trying to do all that and what the actual motives are. Yeah, see, the thing is, what's more, I mean, what's more really, I mean, those things we can, we can take care of in a couple of years or so of doing so many different high-level meetings, but what's really more, you know, very, very difficult is actually changing the culture. Right. The, cu the culture is so I think hard sometimes you don't change. even have control over the culture. I mean, you try yeah, to yeah. steer it as much as you can, but you, it's like a viral video. You don't know what's going to happen. So Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's, it's very, I mean, I think, you know, I'm almost 36, and I don't, if, I, if I'm not successful in my lifetime to change the culture, mm -hmm. I don't mind. But someone needs to start somewhere. Right. And, you know, even if it gets to, you know, I want, I just want to be, you know, attributed to, to something that probably will happen after a hundred years or whatever. But we need to understand that, um, you know, we, we have to have to aim to be the best because we might not be the best, but at least we'll be somewhere close to the best. Uh -huh. And if we don't aim for that and if we're just okay with just being average, then it's very easy to slip down. Right. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it, someone needs to do something. And we are so, so lucky. And, you know, if you look at all the countries around the world, the government, the leadership, you know, it's very difficult to have them believe in, and listen to you and say, you know what, you have our full support and we're actually going to, you know, support you with that. So they've made my job, you know, His Highness, um, has made my job so easy by, um, you know, when I go to sit with, you know, customs or immigration or sport authorities or companies or private sector or, or um, traffic control, they all know that, you know, they need to help me and they open their doors for me because I'm coming, I have a full support of their bosses as well. Right. So it, it makes our job, I mean, you know, we, we don't want to talk about the style, the type of government and, you know, oh, is it election or is it not or whatever is it. That, the, the fact of the matter is there's a government mm -hmm. and whatever way they look at, we actually are very lucky because we don't have this bureaucracy that we need to go through so many different levels and systems to, in order for them and, and so many different lawyers as well to, to, get, to get to what we want to organize an event in the place that we want. Uh, with and target the people that we want and 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 get everyone aligned with us mm -hmm. so we don't have that we have a phone we have a phone and we can use that phone to call anybody and to tell them you know what 
uh, we're doing something for the country, and whether you believe it or, or believe in it or not, uh, we already have the blessings of the top leadership. And your job is to either is to support us, and you have no other, no other, uh, um, you know, way out of it. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, so you support us. But the only thing is traffic. It's traffic, you know, because of safety, mm -hmm. we had to listen to them. But they supported us so much, and you know, we had. Um, uh, we didn't have enough, um, you know, the, those cones and the, that split the lanes. Right. So uh, we were missing like around ten thousand of them. So um, we ordered. We had like enough time to go ahead and order ten thousand extra cones for uh, to to because we needed instead of they used to uh, just put like every fifty meters they put a cone. Mm -hmm. But we decided for the safety of the of the participants to put a cone every eight meters or ten meters, something like that. Right. So, uh, so we had to purchase enough cones. We had everyone working with us, and we were so lucky. And um, and and I think, you know, people have to see it this way. People have to say thank you. And and Lou Hollander saw it. Mm -hmm. Saw the leadership that we have. That they were part of the people. They're not on top of the people. The, but they're with the people, right. and 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 um, and 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 the and the course, you know, is, I mean, uh, you know, you, you hear about Melbourne, for example, it got cancelled mm -hmm. because it's it's a city triathlon that you're like, well, is you know maybe triathlon doesn't have a place in a city, um, maybe only ITU does, right? Uh, the WTS and so on, but here's the thing, ours is in a city. It, it goes through the main highway of the city and and um, and you know it goes right next to people's houses and you'd see them come out and clap and cheer mm -hmm. and be happy so where's the problem there's no problem right there's the media who are not here and there are people who are commentating out of their couches somewhere around the world but they're not here uh -huh. and who's here is someone that is actually enjoying uh, Bahrain right yeah, so uh, it's 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 um you know and and it's a very worth investment. I mean, you know, you pay three hundred dollars, but the actual products that you get out of that three hundred dollars is actually more than three hundred dollars. Right, I agree. So yeah, so the you know the uh, what we offer here for uh, for a race for someone is more than three hundred dollars, even in actual products that you receive in return. Yeah, the and the life experience. I was I was so excited to go because then I could <laughs> I was telling my family that I could say that I've been to Bahrain <laughs> yeah you know like I've been to the Middle East it, it would be so so fascinating to have gone and um, yeah and also support a country that's that's um you know on the verge of of having huge development in in uh, triathlon and endurance sports and that helps it helps the whole world you know to to everybody come together and do something. Yeah, so, so so the thing is, I think um, you know, um, you know, I've told you this that I I, I listen to all your podcasts and uh, a very interesting comment that actually laughed so hard. It was on Slow Twitch once that they said that they've uh, someone mentioned that they've listened to um, to to your to one of the one of your one of your um, podcasts and said that you know the other day. I was listening to you and I heard about so-and-so and the comment that was on slow twitch that actually made me laugh was right. that someone told him like you actually was able to finish it in one day <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 that's a but here's the thing it's 
full of really good information and exactly. you know it might not be as exciting as you know uh, other unrelated to sports podcasts uh-huh. uh, you know that you know bring in music or whatever like for example car talk okay mm-hmm. i listen to car talk but it's i think it's over oh, an hour yeah. or something yeah i remember but car talk yeah it, it's so much fun and you know you laugh so hard about people's questions and all that stuff but here's the thing it's full of information and i think right now i think when you're here in bahrain we have to arrange a small talk to school about food and about yourself and you know maybe we'll, oh, we'll wow. want to take you to one of the yeah i think i think we'll oh, do I it that. and i yeah i think you know we'll take you to um whatever age it is so that you know b- b- this is what we want to do and i think we'll be very honored if you can uh, accept this invitation for us to to take you to one of the local schools for you to talk to talk about yeah. um you know um basically um how to just become a better person right yeah um, i'll talk about texas <laughs> i'm not a native texan i moved here this place is even though i've lived here most of my life it is bizarre yeah. i'll talk about that forever yeah and how um i managed to to um kind of break free of the the norm over here yeah and you mentioned that you were you were a smoker Oh yeah! Oh, I had a huge yeah. life turnaround. I was athletic, young, and then in college, and then after college, smoke, smoked and um, drank just tons, just like everybody does. And yeah. uh, it got out of control. And then I gained about fifty pounds more than I needed to. And um, who knows what health conditions were coming? I was drinking several cokes a day, and then uh, uh, turned it all around through triathlon. It helped yes. me do it. Yeah. Well, well, did did the did the nurse have anything to do with it, or was it just you? Um, it was mostly me, but it was it was it was going back to what I knew was actually right, um, because your parents teach you how to eat when you're a kid. Good parents yeah. do. They they teach you what real food is and real health, and I think it's a it's a natural phenomenon. I think it happens around the world is people eat healthy when they're young. And they're growing up, and then when they um, uh, when they go in the United States, they go off to college or they become like a teenager, or whatever. They eat junk food for a while, and then when they try to fix themselves, they've had that early programming on how to be healthy and what to do. So yeah. you can fall back on that, and it works. Um, well, you know, one, one thing that I'm also fascinated about when I when I hear your podcast, and I think it's something that is. You know, it, it sounds a little, little bit weird, but sometimes, you know, I hear about when you talk about saying, okay, it's uh, you get a dollar off over here, or, you know, you're so much about knowing exactly what to spend, and especially about, you know, uh, investing in buying, a, for example, a, a carbon wheel for your kid, uh-huh. or, or, you know, um, uh, be, you know, trying to, um, you know, buy good and cheap healthy food at the same time and mm-hmm. and you're, you're sort of very um attentive to how you spend and and uh, it, you know I, I hear it a lot in, uh, oh, in, oh. in 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 your podcast and i think this is where we also don't know what to do over here in this part of the world we you know if you talk about people don't want to be like ah oh, whatever it's a dollar I, whether it comes it goes whatever i don't even care and i think we don't know how to spend our money and i and one thing that i've learned um listening to you is that 
you know, the culture over there, you and also the, you know, living over there for 10 years is that uh, you guys and, and you're like, I mean, you sound like an, you're a bit better than, than so many others, but it's just that the carefulness of where to spend your money is, is something that is amazed. I'm amazed by it personally, because here's the thing, you know, we can, you're careful in your bike, uh, careful in, uh, in the way, um, you buy components to your bike and service it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, um, and the food that you eat, um, and, uh, you know, and the stuff that you buy for your, for your son and, and, uh, and, and, and how you train and where you train and all of that stuff, you can actually become a triathlete and be careful on what you spend because that's one thing about oh, triathlon is that yeah. we don't know how to spend as well. Yeah, I, I almost started a podcast years ago about being a frugal triathlete, right? So how, how to do triathlon without just spending tons and tons of money because it's got to be one of the most, ex- next to motorcycle racing and Formula One and horse racing, you know, like, triathlon is really expensive. Yeah, um, tell me about it. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> how, how actually, it doesn't have to be hardly expensive at all, um, because I was doing it on almost no budget whatsoever. Um, and yeah, how I figured out how to, um, how to just save tons of money um, eating and, and also doing the triathlon lifestyle. And, and I think, choices I think would be, over time that add up. I think that would be important for for you to talk to um, the national team that we have in the association because you know, I'm trying to get people to the national team. And the first thing they do when they come to the team, they're like, "Okay, I need a new bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need." Uh, I'm like, okay, you know, no. I don't have. Not to outperform the bike that you're on. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, I need a bike. Uh, you want me to represent the country? I need a bike. I need the new this. And I mean, they. They don't think about they're they're into triathlon and the first thing they think about when you're called to you know to represent your country so we can test them is just this wish list of products you know like the newest Garmin you know one thousand whatever the newest watch the newest you know an Oakley glass whatever they, so they come up with this list and and we're like you know it's it's not like it's not that you know we, we sometimes I wish we just have you know we were like in just doing running because all you need for running is sneakers right and uh but we are we're very expensive and i I, but it's just not just triathlon but it's the culture that i think kids need to start growing you know growing up and learning how to spend and and how to save because you know maybe you it would be good if you talk to seniors because they're about to for the first time you know, uh, not live off of their parents, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they they you know they need to. We we you know a lot of people that here in this country they have the luxury to uh, to buy products, and but the problem is they don't know how to spend. They don't know the difference between one dollar and ten dollars. Right. And um, and and I learned it because I lived there, and and I've seen how people are. Um, and I, I, I admire it. It's not really cheap. It's not really because someone is poor. It's, it's just because you're a responsible person. And I want that part of the culture to actually come and embed itself over here in this part of the world, in our culture, yeah. which is just to be careful and spending. And it, it's just a lot of things that I want to do, but, and we want to do. And 
we can't we don't know where to start we can't really do all of the stuff but we know that at least when we try to do try to make people become more active we um we you know we're going to be um, much better off in the future and, and and i saw that in uh in north carolina there is this there's uh i went to i visited a, a university called guilford college or something like that uh-huh. it's a quaker college or something quaker mm-hmm. city and area they have a gym and you need to go and have a look at it mm-hmm. um they they have a gym that is actually self-powered if you want to <laughs> call it yeah so the 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 actual gym machines power the gym yeah that would be very quaker <laughs> yeah <laughs> i work with a girl that's um quaker her parents were her dad's quaker and um uh the the amount of self self resourcefulness yeah is insane and um and the character you know that they have yeah. uh and how they get things done um and done well is is very impressive and um and my family has a strong German heritage with, with uh, you know, being resourceful and, and building and doing things right and working hard, you know, and um, and she, she just blows the German side of my family away. <laughs> just like, wow. And she's like, do you think I'm weird? And I'm, I'm like, no, I'm impressed. This is pretty, this is pretty amazing. Um, never asks, um, never, I never have to ask her, I never have to tell her to do anything. She's already... She comes to me and asks what needs to be done. That's you know? amazing. Yeah. That, I, that's amazing. I, yeah. I said that is the number one value that a boss is looking for in an employee. Uh, oh, yeah. If you go into an interview, tell them that. And and uh, when I was checking on her references um, before our company hired her a long time ago, they said that. They said, um, the best thing about her is that you don't ever have to ask her to do uh, what she's working on. She'll come to... to to tell you that she's finished and what should she work on next? That th- this this is a quality that you can't find in anywhere. You it's you amazing. have to yeah. It's being proactive. Yeah, you know, it's it's just not waiting for you. To, I mean, that's amazing. And I think you know, back to the you know the Quaker thing is that they have really good qualities. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the whole you know sort of belief thing. And, and it's just so impressive, and especially that gym. And it just gives us a lot of ideas over here. And I, I you know, it's just so, I, I mean, if we have money to waste, and if we have, you know, wh- why don't we just tell people to go to the gym, you know, or to take, you know, uh, put some, make some watts and, and, and make energy uh, or power this battery or recharge this certain battery. Mm-hmm. And once when, when you recharge the battery to a certain level, you get credit to, for example, uh, get free food or, or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. free dinner. Or so instead of paying for their medicine, you can pay for their food, you know, yeah. or uh, give them credit in some grocery store or for milk and, and bread and something like that. And you can, I mean, just let them, you know, I, th- I think if we have like, you know, just thinking out loud, if you if you have a really massive battery that, that is um, powering what you want to power, you just let people to you know waste their energy by actually, or you know use their energy to power that battery, and that's mm-hmm. you know th- that, that will take care of their health. At the same time, it's going to take care of uh, you know the uh, create energy. 
the uh, very first video game we ever got Kai, and it was the only one he had for a long time. My son, when he was about three or four, Fisher Price makes a bicycle video game that you have to pedal for it to work. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So you, you pedal along, and you can kind of steer with the handlebars, and you go around potholes, and you hit targets and stuff like that as you pedal along this road. Yeah. And uh, he loved it, man. It was awesome. And then you stop pedaling. It just, you know, you don't go anywhere. So. Yeah, but this is this is going to be our future. This is where we are heading, and this is where I think, you know, we are putting our money in, and 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 Iron Man or the triathlons over here, and even the Triple Crown. It's all part of us trying to, you know, um, basically um, promote um, a positive environment, yeah. and 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 and. You know, when you when you pay this money into something like this, it's not wasted. You know, it's not wasted at all. There is people in triathlon. You know, where where in different podcasts and uh, you know forums and uh, in, in magazines, they talk about a million dollars and they talk about what we do and our uh, you know uh, put a lot of money, bring professionals, give them a lot of you know prize purse. That is nothing. To compared to what we are spending in defense, compared to what we are spending in, oh, yeah. um, you know, in, in, yeah, it's 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 nothing it's compared nothing. to what we are spending when you get to that level. I mean, you know, it, 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 just think about it. The 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 cost the cost uh, for uh, getting a soldier to Afghanistan, one soldier, one single soldier to get to Afghanistan for one year. Mm -hmm. The cost is the same as building 23 schools in Afghanistan. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. one soldier yeah. or, or 23 schools, you know, what would you choose? And I think yeah, if, if we you build the schools, then you don't need the soldier. Exactly. Because <laughs> you've changed the you culture know? to be yeah, people that, help and take care of themselves and stuff. It, Exactly, but that's the mentality that we have, and our leadership also has. But that's the mentality that we need to spread: is that don't think about it that we're wasting money. Daniela Reef, she she deserves it, mm -hmm. you know, because she's an inspiration. Yeah, you paid. Yeah, she's one person, but that one person has made so many people want to be like her. Right. Um. And 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 she deserves that. I mean, you know, she's gonna be rich with money, but there are so many people who are gonna save the country millions by trying by trying to be like her right and and you know think about the money you save don't think about the money you spend and 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 you know and just doing another triathlon yeah wtc is going is as you know making money yeah they're going to benefit and they're going to be putting money in their pockets but let them do that they're helping us reach our goals we don't mind if they make i mean that's part of their business and we respect it but they're good people over there right and we work with them daily I mean, you know, you know, I I listen to um, what do you call it? This podcast off of the off of New Zealand. Oh, uh, uh, I am talk. I am talk. Yeah. Yes. So I listen to how critical they are to you know they 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 hate WTC. I mean, I just want to say they are so pro challenge. Okay, and yeah. and the guy, yeah, and and I got I don't want to say who it is, but one of them actually emailed me. Uh, when I told them that, you know, uh, if you want to know more about Bahrain and, and, and what's happening over there, we're more than ready to come over and talk to you about it. 
he emailed me uh, not without an invitation just saying to me i'm so pissed off at you guys just doing you know going to iron man and dissing challenge he's so opinionated uh-huh. but here's the thing you need to you know you need to understand the business out of that you need to respect what businesses do and 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 then just try to get your part of, out of it you know think about absolute gains don't think about relative gains when we think about relative gains we will all lose mm-hmm. you know just think about what you will gain out of it so we are thinking about what we will gain as a country as a nation out of it we're not we're not saying well you know iron man is going to make money so we're not going to pay them we're not going to be doing that because <laughs> Yeah, we are, because that's going to stop us from reaching our objectives. So we need to. It doesn't make sense when you actually say that out loud. Iron Man's going to make money, so we don't want them. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But, but that's the thing. You know, this is what people are yeah. are are mad about that right. Iron Man is making money. Well, don't think about what they're making. Think about what they do in return. They're not stealing money from you. You are actually paying them. You are actually the person who's clicking on register and right. going there and putting your credit card over there if you don't do that they will not make money right you know so it's it's um you know we don't mind we don't really mind uh doing we're getting so much behind uh, out of that we want to spend uh in people we want to invest in people we don't want to you know it's not a i mean we don't care if i mean i i think i actually support iron man for uh, for what they do because they actually do change people's lives people's lives and um, you know, in a business way, uh, there are other businesses that actually you pay them and they give you nothing in return. But Iron Man gives you something in return. And, and um, you know, and if you don't want to do it, then do what Coach Brett has done, which is do a self-supported, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've done lots of those, too. Yeah, I've, exactly. I've learned to not like uh, things change can change at any any moment. So uh, like you were saying, like right now. Um, Bahrain is really wealthy. Well, that could end, you know, at any moment. So it's more important exactly. to work on the culture because culture is what sticks around. And I mean, and you say, oh, well, you know, well, I mean, we had a, a city that was doing a part of the country that was doing great for a while. And now it's not, it's called Detroit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's the culture, you know, that you need to work on. And, um, uh, there's places all over the world where you you sink money into long term uh, because things come and go. And like Iron Man, uh, people get uh, too caught up in a brand, uh, you know, because things change. And to say, well, I'm always going to be challenged or I'm always going to be Iron Man when those things actually don't exist. That's a stamp on a collection of people that those yeah. people come and go, you know, so something can change. So the thing is, the, the you know the business out of Iron Man um, is very different. It's a good business because it helps you build people. And right. when you go to another business that helps you build buildings or it builds roads, that thing is not sustainable. But mm-hmm. the best type of investment is the business that helps you pay people. And guess what? You're not paying them a lot compared to paying them to. You know, paying a company to help you build, you know, whatever it is, bridges or, or buildings or computers or softwares right. or whatever. The best kind of investment is the investment that is actually directly in the people themselves. And, 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 and you know, and 
okay, yeah, it's a million dollars for Daniel Reeve or whatever. It's 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 a lot of money when you give it to one person. Mm-hmm. But let's think about it from a Nash from a, a very big macro perspective. Right. It is really really a fraction of what is being paid to you know uh, in the national level to programs like education like right. like uh you know healthcare like roads like relationships like embassies like you know a military expenditure you know it is you know just be scientific you know go to you know uh, uh, learn how to read data learn how to read how governments spend their money and and then when and then you'll feel very dumb because you'll see, you'll be like that's it that's the best type, you know. That's a really good investment when you're actually not, you know, going in debt so that you would give banks money so they would give more loans to people, you know. Right. And you don't. You don't need to do that. You just, you know, just pay the people directly. <laughs> you know, just go and give them and tell them, you know, here, uh, here's a free entry to Iron Man, and and do it. And and guess what? You know, we had. The we we had twenty five percent of our part- participation who are women. That is the highest percentage of any Ironman around the world. Oh wow! We in the Middle East, twenty five twenty five percent is 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 a record. Nobody have ever beaten. Uh, you know, nobody had ever had a higher percentage of women. I did not in, know that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Exactly in in this country, yeah. you know, in the Middle East, uh, in a Muslim country, twenty five percent. Were women higher than Europe, higher than Asia, higher than America mm-hmm. and South America, you know, and uh, and and you know what what do you want to what can you do with the statistics? Well, you can tell people to shut up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, beat us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Try yeah. to beat us. Yeah. Try to beat us. We have twenty five percent women. Try to beat us, and yeah. you know, um, I mean, um, not just that, but but so many. We had four hundred people who did triathlon for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, we were able to have three bike shops that was, they, they opened because of the event, three bike shops, oh, not wow. one, not two, but three bike shops because yeah. of us, you know, we had, we created jobs. We, um, we were able to have about 800 people to visit Bahrain for the first time to learn about this country. Mm-hmm. I had, I had get, when I went to, um, Chicago for the uh, ITU finals, mm-hmm. WTS. So I, I met people over there from um, uh, in Chicago when I was jogging, uh, you know, over there. And fifteen of them, because of me, they came to Bahrain and they, you know, when they uh, enjoyed the country right. from Chicago all the way over here. Yeah. So it's you know, it's all of this stuff is very amazing. Triathlon is a very you know, it, it, it's a sport tourism thing. It brings us closer. It makes us you know, uh, be friends uh, with each other so that we would understand and not allow, um, you know, um, politicians or whoever they are to dictate how we look at the world, um, right. you know, and, and, and now we can tell them, hey, by the way, I know this guy and he's not like what you have told me and I don't need to, you know, be scared of him because, because of you. Right. You know, I've been there. I've stayed. I've, I had lunch with his, with him and his, you know, family, and uh, and he's not like. Uh, I don't think that he needs a, a special idea to to say that. You know, he is uh, who he is, mm-hmm. and you know. And I think um, I think triathlon is our weapon, and endurance sports in general is our weapon 
to battle all the evil around the world. This yeah. is, you know, I'm not saying, I mean, I, it's something that I might laugh at it later that I actually said it, but I actually do believe in it. I never really thought of it that way. You know, I've, I've always thought of it as a way to, you know, to combat um, poor health and people that are, just don't have anything to do in life, you know. But, and I've, and I've, I've thought about sports as a way to get people together, but I've never really thought of it as, as aggressively as you have, as like the, the way to get people to come together. Yeah, it, yeah, you know, it and other sports, but since we like triathlons, we'll use it. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> <We've> got <laughs> a special hook. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, we can do it. We can, I mean, I mean you know, there's, uh, it's, it's, it's a sport. Well, it's an that, individual sport, which is nice, you know, because team sports get really difficult. You got to make the team, and then your team's got to perform, and you don't have yeah, as much yeah. control over it. But with an individual sport, you can compare. Um, you know, a, when I ride um, Zwift, it's so much fun. The the video game where you ride, yeah, on the computer because there's people from all over the world riding all at the same time, and they all have their yeah. country flag, but they're all cyclists, you know. Yeah. So we all have flat tires. <laughs> <laughs> we all, yeah, I see. I, I follow you on um, Strava, so I see your Zwift. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, it's a weird-looking map. It looks like teeth and stuff like that. But oh yeah, it's uh, yeah. So uh, oh, it's fun. You'd like it. Uh, you know, we we're not really oh, big in uh, turbo uh, trainers over here because no. we can go out anytime we want. So <laughs> so it's. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, I'm gonna do it one day. Zwift. I, I heard that I get. I should get free Zwift uh, with my um, Strava. Yeah. Strava something. I don't know where I heard it, but yeah, you do. It's... You get two months free Zwift if you have a Strava Pro membership. Yeah. So I have a Strava Pro membership. Mm-hmm. I think I have to check out Zwift. Yeah. Um, but but it's gonna be after Dubai because I'm just so busy with uh, with Dubai for now. We have about I think. Uh, just over four weeks to uh, to to Ironman seventeen point three Dubai, mm-hmm. and um, and we just uh, we're very very busy because it's it's going to be very big and uh, the first race off the um, from the Triple Crown, so it's full of uh, professionals trying to go there and grab their million dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, got to kick so, that off. Yeah, so it's uh, I don't know. I mean. Uh, it's uh, it's very interesting, and I'm very very happy for Daniela Reef. I and 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 I think uh, Jan Frodeno might be able to to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he wasn't. I don't think he was able. He yeah. He didn't participate last year. He was. I thought. I think he was, uh, he not was so injured or something. Kona or something. Yeah, something like that. So, but now that he won German Athlete of the Year, yeah. I think that's. I think this should be his next goal. I, th- I think he can do it. He can pull it off. Yeah. So, um, and the route is very amazing, um, over there in Dubai and, uh, and, and the city is very beautiful. So yeah, hopefully when you come here and, you know, I'll be able to have enough time after to, uh, travel with you, maybe to, uh, if you, co- if you come to Bahrain from Dubai, uh-huh. maybe I'll go to Dubai with you. And then before you, you stop over before you go back to, you know, to the States, we can go around for a day or two and I love uh, that. Yeah. You, yeah. we can we can go to um, the uh, tallest uh, building in the world. I know. <laughs> yeah, <is> crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's uh, awesome. Yeah. No, but we'll, I'll, I'll show you around. So cool. uh, you know, so it's it's. Uh, I think you you love it. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, I love and, to travel uh, and see. I love to meet people from all over. It's great. 
it's so yeah. good for yourself, you know, to go around and travel and and see how things are the same and different all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the, the majority of things are the same, right. but we the problem we have as human beings is we just look at the differences. Right, that's I what mean, we notice. Yeah, yeah, we notice the differences, and we think it's all about the differences. But you know, we're all the same, um, and uh, you know, we're all we are all in in, in the same boat at the same time. That's true. You know, yeah, we we there's absolutely no way that whatever happens in the U.S. doesn't have doesn't have effect to the two things that happen over here. Right. So um, we are just crazy to think that you know. Um, we can do whatever we want and nobody's going to get affected. We're all together in it. So um, we need to find ways, all of us, to just take a step forward together and support each other wherever we are. And, you know, we're doing this interview and I'm like, you know, halfway around the world. And yeah. uh, we're talking the same language. We believe in the same thing. And we're helping, you're helping me to send out the messages and I'm, you know, using you to, to, uh, to, uh, you know, you know, to, to, to send the messages in the U S and at the same time in this part of the world. So, uh, right. it's, it's, it's just, uh, Man, I'm glad a lot of, it. yeah, uh, it's, it's part of Zen, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like, um, the town we live in, it's a major research university. So I'll go out for a jog in the morning and I'll see people from all over the world in all different kinds of attire all dressed yeah. differently. I actually jog by a mosque uh, half the time when I go run. Okay. Uh, here in College Station, Texas, you know, in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Do, do you go to the other side of the road when you... <laughs> no, one time I was jogging in their parking lot and they told me to leave. So I was actually asked to leave. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're like, this is private property. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, it's a parking lot. There's nobody here. They're like, get out. And I said, okay, yeah. okay, okay. But the... Um, uh, the uh, there's just people, uh, my son plays soccer, and you'll have several different languages on the soccer team. And yeah. uh, there's people from Asia, Middle East, Africa, Europe. Um, and we all seem to get along somehow, you know? And it's actually, a, I think, a better town because of all the uh, diversity. And uh, a college town, a huge college town, the, the different kinds of food and the different things to do is just amazing. It's... Uh, uh, college towns are rated the best places to live in the United States. Wow. wow. Because of the education level and the diversity. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, uh, I think I support that because yeah. when I was in California and in Claremont, so it's, there's a consortium of universities over there and I was in Claremont Graduate University and, you know, it's in the middle of a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, it's just so peaceful because, um, you know, all you see is just students walking around and mm -hmm. with books, and uh, you'd feel that you're in a much elevated neighborhood because everyone is smart around you, supposedly. <laughs> supposedly <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, but but it's it's um, I think you know we have a lot of positives over here and negatives, and and you guys at the same time. But but the way we should communicate with all of us is to just make sure that we share the positive ones mm -hmm. and. Uh, and, you know, that would mitigate and, and minimize all the negative in our culture. And I think, um, you know, uh, I am actually very thankful uh, to, to you um, in your podcast because a lot of my work and a lot of our work is actually based on the education that we have. And the education that we have 
is is out of the things that we learn from the books that we read and the podcasts that we hear. Mm-hmm. And um, I myself have learned a heck of a lot just listening to you about you know um, uh, you know how to eat, how to train, uh, oh, and especially oh. <laughs> especially the last one about you know spending as much time as possible on the on a TT bike. Um, oh and, yeah, and, and yeah. It, you know, it, sometimes you have this knowledge inside of your head, but you want someone to spell it out for you. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's you know it's uh, I, I what I do is actually I I go to friends on a bike ride and I tell them, hey, this is what you need to be doing mm-hmm. because because I've heard it from you and from you know other uh, from you know other po- I mean other podcasts are more like news than actually telling us uh how to train better and how to do things better yeah. and i think uh you know I, th- I think it's very important um I-, I hope that the message out of this interview is that for me to tell your audience that uh you know it's it's uh, look at triathlon from a different perspective don't look at it just how you can you know but look at it and understand that you're actually not just you know you're actually part of something very big yeah. And and uh, you need to keep on doing those races, and you need to you need to spend on yourself more, and you need to understand that there are other parts of the world that are looking at you, and and want to be like you. And as long as you continue doing it, you are helping in the growth of the sport somewhere else, uh, just by simply doing it. Uh, so uh, so th- so it's it's much b- for us in this part of the world. It's much bigger than actually just going and doing a triathlon. It, it's it's because of what we want to achieve, and um, you know, I, and I and, and I have to credit I have to credit His Highness uh, Sheikh Nasser for uh, you know being a leader in this in this part of the world by having a team of his own, uh, which is Bahrain Endurance Thirteen. Mm-hmm. That he, it's his team. Um, and he can change the management whenever he wants, but it's his team, and he and and uh, people are in the team because uh, because of him, and he is doing a lot for triathlon, um, and and he's trying to uh, make people understand that there is a country called Bahrain that we actually want you know the world to see us and to see the good things about us, about our culture, about our religion, about our our society. And to have a chance to come and visit us at the same time. So he's doing a lot and he's investing personally in this team. At the same time, he also has the Triple Crown, which is um, which is his own. It's called Nasser bin Hamad Triple Crown. And I think, you know, it's, 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 it's elevating um, the sport of triathlon. And we, we don't want to just underestimate how big this thing is. We want to promote it. We want to understand that this is good. So, you know, support it don't just criticize but support um and and at the same time you know we have iron man bahrain and iron man dubai and um it's an opportunity for for everyone to to uh, come and participate and and learn so you know it's an opportunity for you if you want to go out and visit a country one day and 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 do a tour you know just go out around the world uh then you know just use it as an excuse just uh yeah. Come and do an Ironman, you know? I agree. Well, let's leave it on that. And uh, yeah. I think this was really great. Um, what a message there at the end, for sure, for everybody. And uh, how can um, how can people stay in touch with you or find out more about you? Like, where, where are you on the Internet? 
so people <laughs> well, can see. Yeah, I, I actually do have a Twitter uh-huh. and uh, an Instagram as well, and they're both the same thing, uh-huh. which is just Siger and I all and a, and a website uh, that I write about. I write uh, weekly uh, articles in about everything. Mm-hmm. So um, it's uh, and the website actually is the same address as well. So it's um, Sagar Al Khalifa, which is S A Q E R A L K H A L I F A. So uh, that's at Sagar Al Khalifa and Twitter, or at whatever, or Instagram, or the same thing, but dot com after it, which is my my website. And, uh, you know, and they can, uh, and in my website, I don't have photos and stuff and you can just come read, uh, what I write and, uh, comment and tell me if, uh, making, if I'm making sense or not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, with your political science background, I, I think you enjoy that the, yeah, the discussion because it's, it's thinking, it's philosophy like, uh, yeah. all day long. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah. it's called, uh, my website is called my emotional rationale meet here. Uh-huh. So it's it's uh, it's a bit of you know what I believe in is that your emotions tell you to do one thing mm-hmm. and your rationale tells you to do another thing. Mm-hmm. But when you, you have both, yeah. But when you bring them both, that's when I blurp everything in my website. <laughs> yeah, trying to find the the space, the middle the, meeting point, the middle space. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's been an honor to have you on, and an thank honor you so is fine. much. And um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to try to take you up on your offer to come. I really appreciate it. I, I, I am honored uh, to be asked. And, uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm going to try to make it happen. No, you will. I'll try to help as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. But, yeah. but thanks. Thanks very much. Thanks yeah. for your time. And, uh, you know, and keep on uh, giving us those uh, good tips in, uh, in your podcast. And uh, don't fall down. Okay. <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> Than I already anymore. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, thank yeah. you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Take Bye. care. All right. That was a really cool interview. I learned a whole bunch of different stuff and points of view coming from the Middle East. And I did not know the Fifth Fleet. I think he said the Fifth Fleet is stationed there in Bahrain. <laughs> what? That's uh, interesting. Like I didn't know that they uh, were such a supporter of of American military. That's crazy. Anyway, the uh, thing I want to get to next is. Uh, Hit up Sagir, Sagir, uh, all you want on on the internet. He's a very, very intelligent guy, and we'll have interesting conversations with you. And uh, that's how I got to meet him. Super cool. And let's go ahead and get started with uh, how to help support the Zentri podcast and get something for you too. So let's read. Let's read supporters. You can go to the left side of zentriathlon.com. Again, that's zentrathlon.com. You can hop over there and set up a donation. Oh, man. Let's see. We got all these all these people that donated last time. And I'll read your name on the show. I'm very excited to do so. And it help gets, helps get your name out there that you're a supporter. So let's see. We had a big donation from Peter Diaz, uh, Daniel Stark, Joseph Rogalski. What's up, Joseph? And Dwayne Morin, uh, Richard Trago, James Godak. Brian Kemper, Matthew Heinz, uh, Rob Libert, and he also commented on my bike ride. He said, man, very cool to run into you on Zwift tonight. I've been listening since day one. You were two minutes ahead, and when we started chatting, I had to ride my ass off at four plus kilowatts uh, per kilogram. Uh, 
kilograms, uh, kilos per watt, whatever. Anyway, to catch you just in time for you to log off <laughs> and smiley face. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a lot of fun on Zwift. Uh, Jason Drury, Allison Frutos, Matthew Froes, Todd Nelson, Andre Schaltebin. Is that German? Sachtel. Ben. Anyway, he said, hi, Brett. With this donation, I wish you a Merry Christmas to you and your family. I am listening for a whole year now, and you had a big impact on my training and nutrition, mainly getting off the sweets and junk food. My plans for 2016 are to long dis- are two are two long-distance races, which are two months apart. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Challenge Galway, 25.06. Emberman in... Oh, so... Oh, that's backwards. So April, May, June 25th. And Emberman in France in August. Uh, do you have any advice on how to handle the recovery in between? And one more question. Do you have any plans coming to Europe for a race in the next few years? Yes, I always want to come to Europe. I have all these people that want me to come stay. And um, it's always just scheduling, man. Okay, so recovering. And I, uh, I want to say thank you very much for offering. It makes me feel so awesome to have people offer for me to come stay. Uh, Emberman in France, 15 Oh, let's see. Uh, how to handle recovery in between. You got two months apart. Um, take a little bit of a break between one and then start building up slowly to the next. Um, that big race before your second big race, your first big race is pretty much a training run for your second big race. And uh, they're so big that you just kind of cruise through them until the very end. Uh, keep up the volume. <clears throat> keep up the volume. Don't get too hot in the summer. Uh, heat and dehydration will kind of wreck your training a little bit. Uh, just take it chill and relax and uh, get up to the volume that you need for these kinds of races. You can find online or email me and I'll tell you. And uh, just get up to the volume and just do the volume uh, relaxed. And that is your best way to handle two big races in two months. All right, Dan Machia sent a donation. Jessica Woodruff, M. Webb, longtime donor. Erica Dennison, Tyler Moyer. What's up, dude? Spiros Fetzis, hey. Check them out in Libertyville. And Peter Salzian. And also, you can help support the show and get your name mentioned on the podcast. Go on to the left side, PayPal link. There is a uh, recurring donation, or you can do a one-time donation. And you donate, and you can ask me a question, and I'll answer it on the air in much more length by email sometimes, uh, if you ask. And, yeah, um, it helps pay for the cost of the show. And I love doing it for you. It's super, super cool. And... Uh, that's a way for you to uh, to help support and keep the show on. All right, I need to get off of here and get you guys going with the training log. Lots of cool stuff going on here. So here we go. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Kuneli. Hi, everybody. My name is Brett. I'm a triathlete. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on, dudes, let's go exercise! Exercise! Yeah. I'm gonna do sit-ups till I poop myself! Alright, welcome to a new training log. Or what seems to be becoming right now, Project uh, Heal Broken Wing. <laughs> Project Broken Wing is, uh, I'm trying to rehab myself uh, for the moment. I'm sure I'll get into real rehab here pretty soon with a um, fractured left arm, dislocated elbow, and fractured right toe, 
and as I I've noticed as my elbow starts to get a little bit more strength in it and I'm able to actually do things other things are popping up that seem to be uh, fractured or sprained including I think there's a broken bone or something in my left hand the outside of my left hand where I probably stopped myself from falling down and in my right arm wrist there seems to be something going on in there as well and basically generally I'm kind of a mess and it hurts man it hurts so bad I was uh trying to shower after after my uh, swim and this happens like once or twice a day maybe several times a day I don't know maybe I'll block it out where I'll twist my hand just a little bit too much and the pain that it sends up my arm and into my body and it knocks the air out of my lungs is just mind-blowingly riveting like being shot with a gun uh, it's incredible and it's just from twisting my hand just a bit too much. I was trying to wash my right armpit, and I can't get my hand up in there really. But if I put my thumb next to my uh, forefinger on my left hand, and then uh, put shampoo on top of that, kind of like how Bill Clinton kind of like pointed with his thumbs all the time. If I kind of do that, I can get that kind of assembly with my left hand up into my left armpit. A right armpit and kind of scrub like that and uh but I, I was doing that this morning and i twisted my hand just a tad bit too much doing that and about fell down in the shower just grimacing in pain it was unbelievable and then uh getting into the pool itself that's what really alerted me to everything that's wrong i hopped into the pool a few days ago and that sent pain all through my right foot and into my uh joints my elbows my wrists i was like holy crap i really getting out of the pool that day i started thinking man i could really use that hydraulic chair you know to like it takes like three minutes to get me up and down because it's taking me i was i didn't time it this morning because it's just sad but it was taking me probably a couple minutes to put on my goggles and my swim cap to swim and uh because i have to do it almost entirely with my right hand because i can't bend my elbow enough to get my uh fingers with the grip and I can't use any kind of strength because that hurts really bad too to pull on goggles like uh, for example my gym bag getting it out of the locker I couldn't lift my gym bag out of the locker because it weighs too much and there's almost nothing in it but lifting up with my left hand uh, a gym bag is uh, just really really painful so um, the first time I went back to the pool was really just to see if I could swim and I went 22 minutes and then all of a sudden uh, and I was just kind of trying to figure out you know how to swim make sure this is recording and I'm kind of cruising along and then I was like hey this isn't that bad after a while about 22 minutes in I noticed there's like it feels like rocks and gravel all of a sudden rolling around inside my elbow joint and I'm like, ooh. Well, no, at first I was like, hey, maybe that's uh, maybe that's good. Maybe I'm knocking stuff loose. And then after about another 30 seconds, I was like, wait a minute. This is bad. This is probably not good. I got lots of time, so let's just uh, cut it short and uh, or just kind of watch it for a minute. So I swam like another minute and it never stopped. And I was like, okay, I'm done. It was weird. It never really hurt. That didn't. And then... Um, that's when I figured out I couldn't get out of the pool. I go over to the wall. It's only waist deep. 
you know, and I can't push down with my left arm to get out of the pool. So finally I had to figure out how to get out of the pool on, a, on the wall ladder thing. And I had trouble doing that. And I was like, oh my God, I am so pitiful. And I think that was the night where I felt really sad for myself. And I went home and I told Emily, um, you know, what if my arm never gets straightened out? The doctor said that it may never get straight. Um, and you really worry. Uh, you've got the death of your ego of, of what your your uh, life used to be and then the change is just like so traumatic you know and the uncertainty of what's going to happen and um, what's funny is I mean everybody just kind of normalizes after a while I've got all kinds of injuries where I don't think my body works correctly but I'm used to them right so it doesn't really um, those don't really bother me anymore. And knowing that, I'm like, come on, Brad, to cope with this. But I was telling Emily, I was like, man, I just feel so depressed. This sucks. I was really down. And I'm swimming, you know, and there's like dudes that are all swimming around me. And I've noticed when I see people in pictures and um, doing stuff, I'm like, look at them with their perfectly functioning joints. <laughs> How they can, my right arm, like a typical swimmer, I can hyperextend my right arm. You know, my, my left arm, I can't. I can't extend it straight at all, and it's, like, really painful. I still got another, like, 15 degrees or so, 20 degrees maybe to go, and my arm just won't go any further. Um, But, I mean, it does get better every day, a little bit better, but you still don't know, you know, is it going to be totally straight? So I started a thread on Slow Twitch uh, forums asking about if anybody else had this, and holy crap, the number of people that have had this and the huge variety of results that... um, that people have had and to the person they all say do physical therapy and physical therapy hurts but you got to do it to to um try to get that joint straightened out so that uh, you get full extension of your arm one guy had this in both arms at the same time on a from a bike wreck it's like holy crap man and so uh i think that first day yeah i swam 22 minutes i don't know how many yards i went it was nothing and then um I went back a couple days later and swam 30 minutes and kind of figured out how to swim. And basically, I just throw my left arm up and over <laughs> and just let it fall back down. Um, I can't really pull with it. I can't put any strength into it. it I mean, I kind of can, but the pain. But have, having um, that little forum group, you know, kind of pitch in and help, which is community, right? This is the value of community. It made me feel so much better. And they said, this is going to hurt you know, doing this. So, um, and I have two different kinds of pain. I have pain from the joint, you know, uh, the rehab pain of trying to straighten out the joint and do stuff like that. And that is an incredible amount of pain, but it's durable. And that's what I expect as I try to, you know, rehab this. And then there's the other kind of pain of where I'm torquing the bone where it's broken and that's bad. And so I try to stay away from that a hundred percent. But the uh, rehab pain of the of the therapy, um, I'm like, well, maybe maybe it should hurt a little bit while I swim in that one area, um, in the ligaments and joints, and uh, you know, just a little dose of it uh, is helping, and it did. It made me feel um, a whole lot better in the end, and kind of loosened things up a little bit. I mean, it's still terrible, but the um, the next thing I know, you know, I get out and I've swam half an hour. Um, I feel better than when I started and what is the other thing? 
the uh, uh, 1,700 yards, which is pretty nice. And, um, and so on swim team growing up, they, always, they had us do one-arm drills all the time. So basically I'm doing a one-arm drill, swimming with my right arm, and just kind of flopping my left arm over and over and over again. What's crazy is I can do flip turns. It's really weird. Um, I push like this really weird way, and I can do a flip turn. And uh, then today... Hold on, I'm having to steer with both hands because I can't turn the wheel. Uh, today, swam, went right back, let it hurt while I was swimming again. I'm getting, I'm getting better at like, figuring out how to swim, but it takes like two, three minutes to get on my goggles and stuff. I have to take all this extra time. And I knocked out 36 minutes and uh, 2,100 yards, which is... Uh, nice you know it's like a little bit of progress that's all i'm looking for is just a little bit of progress i got a phone call yesterday that my um my right toe is fractured from the x-ray and when i go in for my visit in about a week or two um we're going to talk about what to do with that and the uh the toe fracture is kind of a mixed blessing because it's making me stop running which i is what I needed to do to um, work with this um, heel spur on my left foot that's up under there that um, is not going away. And it might be just not running for a long time is the cure. So there's all that. <laughs> but it was cool. I was listening to um, the Tim Ferriss show, and he had an interview with the top uh, obstacle course racer chick, and they do stuff like 24, 48 hours and stuff, I guess. I guess 40 hours. I know 24 and her name is Amelia Boone, and uh, she was uh, saying that she was just jogging, and this is exactly what I just jogging along. There's a thing in cycling called just riding along a JRA um, uh, wreck or or a frame or part break. I was just riding along. It's like yeah, right. But anyway, she was uh, just running along. And stepped in a pothole wrong in, in the streets of Chicago, and uh, was like, "Oh, that hurts! Ow, ow, ow!" And kept jogging. And then after a little bit, she said, "Okay, this is serious. This is more than just like a twisted knee." And then um, went in and saw that she had a torn meniscus in her right knee, and then had surgery, had it fixed, and then went on eight weeks later to uh, race uh, some epic, you know, obstacle course thing and get. Uh, first place <laughs> but it was you know it's just a coincidence that that episode was on um was available i guess yesterday is when it came out and um again tim ferris uh show amelia boone and uh she's um uh and so it made me feel a whole lot better you know to be like yeah you know there's life after after all this horrible like you know what are you gonna do with yourself and, uh, also, you know, I'm 42 and it's funny. You just see the end coming, you know, down the road someday. It's just tiny little, it's death by a thousand cuts, you know, and then someday you're 82 and you can barely get your arms up over your head because of all your injuries over life <laughs> and your joints not working as well. And you're just becoming less and less fluid and rubbery and more and more rigid and the next thing you know, you, yeah, you're 80-something, and uh, it'll happen. You know, it'll be you. You'll be 80-something in lane one, uh, just trying to get in the water and swim just a little bit. And 
uh, that's, you know, where we're all headed eventually, if we're lucky, you know, and I was sitting there swimming, you know, kind of like this, this is the, this is what you're doing, dude, you're rehabbing, you're trying to get, trying to get better and trying to make your body get it back into shape and never stop and always keep, keep trying to stay active and fit and don't let something, you know, take you down for good and make you quit exercising uh, the real goal in life for people like me is to live to see not only your grandkids, but your great grandkids. I mean, how awesome would that be? I met, I had two great grandparents alive when I was a little kid and the impact that has on you is amazing. They were in their eighties and, uh, yeah. So I want to, I want to get there without, a uh, without flopping over dead first. And, um, they were both really active and that's how they did it. So, all right, that's it for now. I'm going to go into W2 the ERK and have a snack out, bay. All right, boom. Let's take a quick break and talk about Hornet Juice. All right, Hornet Juice, also known as HJ, which I was told by one listener to not call it that. But it is amazing stuff. It's an amino acid powder that is designed to replicate the saliva of the Japanese killer hornet. I mean, it doesn't get much crazier than that. But the crazier thing is that it actually works. It's super cool. The amino acid blend actually turns on your body's ability to better burn body fat. Everybody that tries it says, holy cow, I was able to go a lot longer feeling great without a huge jump in fuel or anything like that because you're metabolizing your body fat better and it really works. It's super cool. I remember, gosh, it was years and years ago. I first used it on a bike workout. And it was after the fact where I realized it was a Hornet juice that did it because I was like, what happened during that ride? It was one of my longest rides to date. And I was off the front and riding with friends and just felt amazing the entire time. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it must have been that Hornet juice I added in. Uh, you know, so it wasn't the placebo effect. I forgot that I put it in there. And um, then the effect of the ride was amazing. I had to put two and two together later. And also, I used it during my Ultraman. We're talking a 176-mile bike ride at almost 20 miles per hour, just cruising along all day long. Hornet juice and maple syrup all day. Freaking worked great, man. Really, really good stuff. What's super cool is it's actually not that expensive for what you get. One packet lasts an hour and a half. Not an hour, not half an hour. And it's actually not a lot of calories either. I think it's like 60 or 80 calories per packet. So what you do is you add it to your carbohydrate that you eat. So let's say you do maple syrup or you do Gatorade or you do uh, can or something like that. You add this in and that's it. Good to go. Super, super easy. And what happens is people order, like the smallest you can order is a 10-pack. They order a 10-pack and then they come back later and say, holy crap, I want to order 30, 40, 60. I mean, it gets crazy. Um, 100, <laughs> you know, because the, the more you buy at once, um, the better of a deal you get, of course, because you get it in bulk. What's super cool is it comes from New Zealand, so you get a, a, a package from New Zealand. It does take a few extra days to get there, maybe up to an extra week because it's got to come from New Zealand, which is still worth it, man. It's super cool. And also the thing that's really worth it is that uh, you're helping support Zentry by several different ways. You're doing something for yourself, which is really cool. 
and doing something for yourself to help you motivate you and have something fun to try out on rides and races is super cool. I've never had problems with it during races, by the way, like some adding something new in. Um, and then uh, also you're helping the podcast that you're sitting here listening to right now stay on the air uh, because a little bit comes off the top uh, to help support Zentry. And Hornet Juice does that because we're helping them sell it. So they give a little bit back to Zentry uh, from your purchase. And then also, yeah, you get something to show off to your friends. You're like, look at this crazy packet of Hornet Juice. Whap, 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 as you shake it in your hand to get it ready. You cut off the top with a pair of scissors and um, just pour it right into your into your, uh, into your your fuel or, you know, before a workout. Uh, they say you can use it, like, uh, to help maintain weight because it's a protein powder, amino acid powder. And it uh, keeps you from getting hungry and stuff. I mean, it's pretty cool. It's got all around, like, lots of different uses. So get your Hornet Juice by going over to zentriathlon.com. And over on the right-hand side, there's a link. It's purple and yellow. There's a link to get Hornet Juice and get your sting on. What I like to say is I came up with a slogan for them. They're going to have to run with this. Sting the competition. Anyway, I've got hundreds if not thousands of happy customers using this stuff you will not be sorry it is awesome awesome stuff so check it out again right side of zentrathlon.com look for the hornet juice link uh try 10 for your first try around if you want and then uh, come back for more it's really cool stuff we'll see you there all right back to the show here we go all right all right all right it is a couple days after christmas leaving the pool but i'll talk about that in a second had a great great swim with some cool stuff that happened. But uh, today I was on the trainer on the bike and uh, riding Zwift, Z-W-I-F-T, kicking ass. (laughs) I'm only about 10 minutes in and I notice on my phone it says that there's a tornado warning. That's different than a tornado watch. If you grow up in tornado country, you know the difference. Tornado warning means there is a tornado and it is around you. So cover your ass because it's coming. And uh, tornado watch means, hey, watch out. The conditions are um, prime for a tor- tornado, but there's uh, not one been spotted. Totally different. You can hear it's raining as I'm driving here. I'm going to up the frequency of the windshield wipers a tad bit. But the, uh, so I'm about 10-something minutes in, and Emily starts yelling at me, get off the bike, come downstairs we got to hide in a closet. And I'm like, oh, man, I just got started on my workout. And then I thought, this is how you die. <laughs> you don't want to get off your trainer, you know, because you just started. And then that leaves you out there uh, exposed for a uh, tornado. Uh, if you live in, if uh, you live in tornado country and you don't have a basement because it's only kind of tornado country where you live, you don't have monstrous ones all the time, then... Um, and also our water table is too high where we live to have a basement and uh, in this part of Texas. So uh, you get in a closet or something like that and a downstairs room in the middle of the house is pretty much the best you can do. And also I got off the bike because of um, eight people died in the Dallas area last night. Oh, I'm speeding. I need to slow down. Eight people died. Uh, it's probably been all in the news. And the day before... Uh, so I guess that, that was overnight. And the day before yesterday or yesterday, some other people died in uh, Arkansas, Tennessee, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's it's crazy weather right now. And 
Okay, we got your windshield wipers. You're cool. And the uh, so I'm like, get off your bike and <laughs> go, <laughs> go check on Emily and Kai. And so I go, I peek, peek my head in the closet, and she's got the dog and the cat and the uh, the cat I'm about to kill because the cat peed on my t-shirts and I'm I got so mad I lost all my zen <laughs> that I had which was very little and uh, I'm not going to have a cat that pees on my stuff sorry but anyway so that was fun this morning that was a little bit of an adventure and then uh, I'm trying to get in I got a whole bunch of days off from work so I'm trying to get in two hours a day at, at least, so like yesterday, I swam 45 minutes, which hurt really badly in my arm. And I think what's going on is uh, my stabilization muscle. Well, muscles, I can't use my arm correctly because it's broken. Um, so I'm overusing some other muscles that I'm not used to using that, uh, and that's making them hurt. So I'm hydroplaning a little bit here. And... So I, I just uh, so yesterday hurt a lot. It feels kind of like I'm making it worse, but actually it's the um, it's the muscles and uh, just reacting, just being tired. And uh, so today I went and swam. Oh, I swam 45 minutes, which I at first I thought that was an improvement over you know from zero from when I broke my arm. I'm trying to work my way up, you know, like five minutes here, 15 minutes there, and the. Um, Then I biked an hour and 15 minutes and had a traumatic issue with my stupid power meter. Had to switch out the battery and stuff. But the um, the, the total was uh, two hours, which was nice. And then today, I decided I was going to try to do two hours. And so I biked an hour on Zwift. And that's where I had, I had to get off for a few minutes while the, I was looking out all the windows. Emily's yelling at me from the closet. Where, what are you doing out there? I said, I'm looking for tornadoes. Yeah, that's, always, that's always a dumb thing to say. Hold my beer while I look for tornadoes. And then, uh, you know, eventually Kai comes out. Then they canceled the warning, you know, because it had been long enough. And um, no, no tornadoes showed up lately, today, this at my location. But anyway, the uh, so I got an hour in on the bike. And then lunch... And then went and uh, swam for an hour. I'm doing this thing where I'm not saying what I'm doing until I've done it because that's a good way to get yourself in a trap. And the way I'm at right now is, you know, even an hour workout might be risky uh, if something starts hurting. But And then you've said publicly, like on Twitter, I'm going to try to swim an hour today. And now you're going to commit. And then you're a failure if you don't. Uh, so just don't say it. <laughs> and then if you do it, then, whoa, the water level's high. Then if you do it, then uh, then good. And if not, then you didn't promise you would. So that's what I did is I swam first and uh, then tweeted, hey, I swam. But uh, on the way to the pool, I drank uh, can. I've still got a con- about half a container, maybe a third of uh, can, which is a slow-releasing starch, which is pretty cool stuff. Um, I definitely could tell I had just even energy which is really cool. And that was my plan for the workout, nice and even. And I think I might finish off that container and keep doing that for a while. And um, it takes a little while for your, to digest, you know, because it's slow-acting energy, but it's carbs, but it's just slow. 
So um, you need to eat it uh, a little bit before you, like 20 minutes, you know, before you plan on uh, needing it. So on your way to your workout is a good time. If it's like an hour workout, have a serving of that. The only problem is stuff is expensive, which I'm not a big fan of. But actually, you don't need all that much of it, which is kind of cool too. And then, um, what was the other thing? I, uh, I swam an hour nonstop and I had three amazing things happen. Four amazing things. One was that I swam an hour nonstop. It started to hurt 45 minutes in, which is good that it took 45 minutes for it to hurt. And then, uh, uh, I managed to swim 3,550 yards uh, with a broken arm uh, on the mend, of course. But I'm kind of like flopping my left arm over. So it's mostly that I'm swimming with my right arm. But I noticed this time that I was able to use my left arm. Uh, every time, everything I do, I'm using my left arm just the tiniest bit more. And I'm making a mental note, you know, with every change. And I'm trying little things to see how far I can go. So with with flexibility and stuff. Um I think yesterday was the first day that I got up and started walking around and then remembered that my arm's broken, you know, instead of it being, instead of it being on top of my mind, front of my mind all the time, it was kind of like, oh yeah, be careful. My arm's broken. I need to watch out and, um, starting to let it hang, uh, while walking without kind of protecting it with my other arm. And then the other thing was, um, when I was done swimming, I managed to... We need some more windshield wipers here. I managed to uh, do something. What was it? Oh, I managed to put on my deodorant with my left hand into my right armpit um, with enough force where, you know, to actually apply it without it killing me. Because usually to apply it, um, you have to twist your hand a certain way and I can't twist my arm because of the radial bone fracture. And uh, I can't twist my wrist. And uh, this time I was able to twist my wrist just enough to apply it and also apply enough force for it actually to press into my armpit. And that's, believe me, that's a big advancement for the current situation that I'm in. And then um, also I managed, I've gone from not being able to touch my face at all to being able to touch my thumb to my nose to being able to touch my forefinger to my nose and then uh, maybe middle finger, and now I can touch my pinky to my nose, but I have to stick it up, kind of like um, like an evil, uh, like a Doctor Evil uh, bad guy, like in a James Bond movie. Like, um, do you remember Blofeld in uh, the old, like maybe it was like Moonraker or something like that, the old James Bond movie with Sean Connery, where he says, um, where Sean, Sean Connery, oh, he's about to chop Sean Connery in half, like through his balls with a laser. And Sean Connery, uh, James Bond, goes, Do you expect me to talk? And then Blofeld says, No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die! Like that. And then <clears throat> and then proceeds to almost chop him in half with the, uh, with the laser. It's pretty cool. That's uh, that guy, like if he suck his pinky up to take a sip of, uh, of uh, his drink out of his teacup, out of his evil teacup his evil hairless teacup that he pets, then he would, uh, that's how I can raise my pinky and touch my nose. It made me think about that. And speaking of that, I realized today that I managed to drink a, um, a bottle, a bottle. I managed to drink out of a water bottle 
with my uh, left hand by sticking it up to my face and tilting it, kind of like tilting my pinky up, and uh, and hold the weight of a water water bottle in my hand. Um, when I first hurt myself, I couldn't hold my arm without, you know, like level to the ground, like parallel to the ground. I couldn't hold it bent at the elbow. Um, just my forearm sticking out uh, without aid from my other arm. The weight of my forearm, the weight of my hand was too much for my arm. <laughs> and I've slowly worked my way up to, um, this is how bad off I was. Uh, was it a few weeks later go squirrel come on get out of the road there you go a few weeks later um i can now hold the weight of a 16 ounce water bottle probably i had about 16 ounces of fluid in it when i drank out of it with my left hand and lift it up to my face and drink out of it oh but i still need my right hand to help me steer with my left so i'm not quite there yet which i just had to do anyway that's it a uh, little update with Project Broken Wing. If I tweet about it, uh, like some sort of progress or some sort of uh, info about my busted up arm, I'm calling it uh, hashtag Broken Wing <laughs> on Twitter. And uh, that's about it. I'm back in my neighborhood, and I think I'm going to celebrate with a beer. Woo! All right. Out. Bang. All right. I'm here in the training cave, the training attic with Kai. How's it going? Good. Kai is on Zwift. He's actually on the video game. Riding is me, but we're weight doping. We set it to his weight, so he weighs 90 pounds. <laughs> and uh, we hooked up his road bike to the uh, Kurt Kinetic Trainer, and Zwift will uh, recognize it. And then it's estimating how many watts he's putting out. So pedal along like you were earlier, where you got up to 19 miles an hour. So he was pedaling along pretty good, hit 19. Let's see what that is. Looks like it's about 90 watts when you do that at 90 pounds. And uh, we've got the screen changed so you can actually he can see himself riding. And you're, what kind of bike are you on? Uh, I can't tell. Tri bike. Yeah. What kind of wheels? Zip. I yeah. Look at those. You got arrow wheels. Is it day or night? Night. You got a night light on the back. Yeah. A blinky. Right. And uh, so, oh, you're going into a turn. Watch out. So this is pretty cool, huh? Uh-huh. Why are you dying, dude? Because I went on that sprint. Because somebody tried to beat you? Yeah. So um, uh, for speed, it's a Kirk Kinetic Trainer, and then he's got a Garmin um, speed sensor on his bike with the magnet on the rear wheel that... Uh, is estimating how much uh, speed he's putting out and so Zwift takes his speed and then the brand of trainer and his weight and estimates watts and it's nice dude you're cruising along at 16 miles per hour right now mm. right and oh that dude's passing you man Look. so this is a really oh wow Kai's speeding up let's change your view hold on There you go. And I showed him how he can like shout at people and stuff like that. Uh, Jay Bockham from Canada. You just got passed by Kai. You got passed by an 11 year old. 
Oh wait, he's coming back. No wait, who's that? That's him, man. That's not him. That is him, dude. He's trying to Jay Bachham. Oh, I'm dude, done. you're done. You're gonna get passed. Yep, you got you. You got passed back, dude. I don't care. <laughs> is it over? Yes. <laughs> anyway, Kai's been wanting to do this for a while, so we set him up. It's pretty cool. When did you put out 322 watts? When did that happen? Yes, now. Nah, I don't know about that. Anyway, that was pretty cool, man. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go finish my uh, my lunch. Come back and see if you picked it back up again. It'll start back up again if you uh, start paddling again. Oh, look, he's broken a sweat. Look at that. You're sweating. Wow. What a great day this is. What, what do you mean? <laughs> You rode the trainer for real at 11 years old and broke a sweat. That's pretty cool. On your own. Instead of like a try practice or whatever. See? You can come up here and do this anytime you want. Pretty cool? Uh. All right. I'll leave you alone. Just wanted to share that with everybody. It's pretty cool. Right. Right. I am leaving the pool from the Tyler downtown area at the hospital. They have a uh, Tyler, Texas where I'm at. They have a rehab center with a three-lane saline pool, and I knocked out uh, my first 2.4-mile swim. I was so excited I even tweeted it. First 2.4-mile swim at, um, well, it took me about an hour and 15 minutes, but I was just cruising along just easy, having a good old time, and there's people needing rehab around me, you know, like uh, overweight people, slow people, people with injuries. Guy in the locker room was bragging about how he flew a, a plane into some trees and now his feet are smashed because the the rudder pedals were up in, at his face after he crashed. <laughs> Old dudes in the locker room are really weird. And then on top of that, uh, and I'm destined to be one someday, and on top of that, they um, tend to not wear any kind of uh, lower half garments whatsoever, so they walk around with their junk hanging out. I think it's like a... It's a method of intimidation. You dare look at them, and uh, because you won't, it's like a stare down, and uh, that's how they show dominance or something. But anyway, I uh, noticed. Uh, see, I haven't swam in a couple days. I took a break from Zwift because Zwift was so freaking crazy with um, how well it works you out. I was on it uh, the other day, just riding along. And I was about to wrap up my ride. I'm just cruising along, just easy, having a nice ride, keeping things mellow. And towards the end, I was like, yeah, man, I feel pretty good. I could do something extra, I guess, you know. But I didn't really have any motive, you know, no reason to. And then all of a sudden, this pack of, like, 20 cyclists on Zwift go the other way. There's roadkill in the road here with giant turkey vultures, turkey buzzards uh, hanging around it. The, um, what was I saying? Ah, squirrel moment. Literally, big squirrel or something in the road. And the, um, oh, this pack goes the other way. So you can U-turn by hitting the down key, down arrow on your keyboard or there's an option on your phone. And so I reversed directions and hammered it for like five minutes trying to chase this group down and uh, catch them and then pass them. And as soon as I pass them, then I stop. I like, uh, you stop pedaling and you get off the bike. It's pretty fun on Zwift. And also they had New Year's uh, add-ons to the game where you can uh, 
Uh, well, you had no option. You're wearing like the stupid New Year's party hat, Happy New Year party hat, and then also the uh, instead of drinking water bottles, every once in a while your character uh, reaches down and takes a drink out of water bottles. He's taking a drink out of a champagne glass, which is pretty funny. And then what was the other thing? Oh, they added this huge new segment. Well, it's not huge compared to everything else, but a nice uh, new segment that's a few miles long that goes underwater in a tube, like an aquarium, and there's whales, and what else is there? Manta rays and dolphins, and the whale actually sings, and uh, whale songs, not um, Michigan J. Frog. But the... um, uh, oh, and gravel road section, and you can pick which direction you want to go by hitting your keyboard. And man, it's really, really nice. And on the Facebook group, I said something like, somebody said, man, I wish there was easier ways to turn left or right instead of trying to reach way over and hit my keyboard. And I said, well, someday, if they're smart, the Zwift will add the option to use the gyroscope in your iPhone or whatever you use. And uh, you tilt the phone and that as you go into a, a turn option and that turns you left to right and then that, then you're done. 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 And they uh, Facebooked back. I don't know what you call it on Facebook. Yep. Smiley face. Sure would be cool when that happens. Smiley face. Wink, wink. Kind of like that. So hopefully they'll do that someday. Anyway, I want to tell you about two different kinds of... Oh, well, three different things. So swimming. I uh, it taken a couple days off. Uh, it's been really nice because... I'm looking for my turn up here. These Texas towns with no zoning, man. It's just a jumbled mess of just crap everywhere. Can't figure out where to turn. You got fresh grass, sod, for sale, used car lot, and a strip club. And then somebody's house. It's like, that's nice. But anyway, the uh, the thing is I noticed swimming. Um, every day I can do something additional. Like uh, today... I realized when I got out of the pool that um, I didn't, I don't remember struggling getting into the pool, getting my goggles on. I'm like, what happened? Because usually I struggle getting my goggles on, getting into the pool with my broken ass arm. And the uh, the thing was, is I just got in, and I was like, what did I do? So after um, I got out, I was like, let me try this again, and I um, put on my goggles. And uh, was able to do it with a little bit of pain, but nothing much. And I was like, well, that's new. That's great. Because um, a lot of times I have to use my right hand and like, oh, man, my left hand's just a mess. It's all over the place. It hurts really, really bad. Which, by the way, my arm just cracked last night when I pushed a blanket off of me. Oh, that sucked. And then um, what was the other thing? Uh, I was like... I could wash. I could wash my face with both hands. I could twist my hand enough to get my um, to get the palm of my hand and my fingers to wash my face. And I'm like, well, what can't I do? And I still can't wash the crack of my ass with my left hand, <laughs> which I'm sure you needed to know. And well, those are weird apartments. Where'd that come from? Oh, that's, I think I've seen that before at somebody's house. And let's see. I wanted to talk about. Um, well, there's a couple things. So, you know, like, uh, it's always excuses of not to go work out because you can't do this, can't do that, right? So I got off my ass and found a pool that was open. It was hard to find a pool, and I had to make some phone calls. But it's worth it, man. I got in my first 2.4-mile swim. 
since I hurt myself. So how about that? That's pretty cool. And uh, so I got that accomplishment under my belt out of uh, not giving up and no excuses, like trying to go for it. And let's see, yesterday I ate at a place called Zoe's, Zoe's which I had an awesome quinoa salad. And um, two foods I've been working on is uh, the McDougal author guy, doctor, um, is just a staunch advocate of uh, the starch diet, the starch solution, you know, because everything's got to be catchy. I was, how are you going to remember, man? How are you going to remember what to do unless somebody makes it rhyme? It's not like you're a grown-up or anything. All right, so the starch solution is that we uh, eat uh, starches. We have historically ate starches like potatoes and, and uh, rice, you know, for bazillion years. That's a technical term. And hold on, it's potholy. Let me see if I can take this corner steering with my left hand. Uh, kinda. Not bad. Still needs a little bit of work. I had to hold the steering with my leg a little bit. And boy, that was a huge tree that fell down. Holy crap. It's big piney woods, East Texas, where I'm at, Tyler, Texas, for uh, New Year's. Emily's family and uh, couldn't bring the bike only going to swim once uh, just taking a break from training because the um, letting the arm and the toes heal and the uh, Zwift was freaking wearing me out man because it's so awesome because of these other people on there that you're like hey you can't pass me but anyway um, the McDougal start solution is really interesting because I'm going to park right here for a second and talk before we get to the house so people don't come running out and uh, and interrupt. And the uh, the whole starch thing, um, if starches are a very slow-acting... Um, oh, bamboo, look at that. Are a very slow-acting carb, you know, kind of like um, UCAN powder is uh, resistant starch, right? Well, the potato is like the most satiating food on earth that lasts the longest. And everybody's different, right? So you can try different things, kind of see what works for you. And I've kind of dabbled in this before with eating potatoes and liked it. Just kind of fell off of it. Uh, potatoes and rice. But mostly it's like potatoes are the easiest, man. Take a potato, poke some holes in it with a fork uh, so it doesn't explode apparently. Throw it in the microwave. Um, five minutes for a big potato. And you work your way on down there the smaller the potato. And um, they keep you from getting hungry, man. And uh, you just feel happy and nice. And it's kind of like I was sitting there swimming going, well, if potatoes, if you feel this good eating potatoes, if potatoes are wrong, then I don't want to be right, man, because they're so good. And the guy that won Ultraman uh, this year uh, mixed in potatoes with his uh, fuel, you know, to fill up his stomach. Because even if you eat tons of calories with simple sugars, your stomach starts getting kind of wonky. And uh, it feels nice to eat something. And he said, anything long, he mixes in potatoes. So I might start trying that on my longer rides if I can ever get out on the bike. Because my buddy Gary was like, hey, let's go for a bike ride. And I said, I can't ride outside. I'll crash. And if I crash, I will freaking die of pain if I take one more hit to my arm of any kind. Is that a vineyard? What the hell is wrong with these? What is up with these people, man? I better lock my doors. I don't know if I'm going to get carjacked out here in the country people sell my kidneys for moonshine or something but anyway the um ah man i'm itchy from this pool saline pool shouldn't it should it ah 
Oh, I sat in the jacuzzi when I was done. I haven't done that in a long time. Oh, man, it almost knocked me out. It felt so good. Oh, the pool was too hot, you know, because it's a, it's an old person, typically old person, you know, injury recovery pool, which is fine. I mean, we need those, right? But uh, for lap swimming, I had to take off my swim cap immediately because uh, it was warm and just started cooking in that thing. Uh, you want to swim hard and swim good laps, man. You need you need a pool that's a little bit cooler than 185 degrees. Take your age at 100 degrees, and that's the temperature the pool ought to be for therapy. And anyway, the um, the potato was pretty cool because like I got up this morning, and potatoes are cheap, man. And if you cook a potato and you let it chill and get cold, guess what it turns into? Resistant starch. So you're paying all this money for you can, right? When you could bake a potato today, throw it in the fridge, and then that's your fuel for tomorrow. Just saying. You know, I'm not here to disrupt the whole uh, workout industry and fueling industry, but just saying. Think about it. Anyway, I uh, got up this morning, and of course I'm at somebody else's house, and uh, breakfast is, you know, just tons of eggs and sausage and eggs and sausage and eggs and sausage and sausage mixed in with your eggs and Cinnabons, you know. And I'm like, oh my God. Uh, Hey, do you have any potatoes? Because I thought I saw some potatoes. Can I have one of these potatoes? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Boom, microwave, five minutes, bam, potato. Got an Amrita bars, discount code ZIN2016, discount code ZIN2016, Amrita Health Foods, Amrita, Amrita Health Foods, I don't know, I'm in my car, .com, and uh, get yourself some Amrita bars, Amrita's Nectar of the Gods in Pali, I believe, anyway, um, and a little bit of cashews, but anyway, the, the uh, potato is huge, right, so I get my stuff ready for the, uh, to go swim, and uh, by that time, potato's done, and actually, it's cooled off just a little bit. I cut it in half. I put the second half in a Ziploc, throw it in the refrigerator, and then I ask Emily's mom, hey, uh, well, no, I asked her for the Ziploc. That's what I did. Anyway, then I start walking around eating a potato, a little bit of steam coming off the top of it, half a potato, just holding it by the skin. You know, eat the skin, man. The skin's got, like, all these vitamins and stuff in it. It's got the dirt. God made dirt. Dirt don't hurt. And the... Uh, just eating the potato while uh, getting the rest of my stuff together and then walking out the door, eating the rest of the potato like it's a cup. Um, and driving, eating the rest of the potato, but it's only half a potato to start with, right? I get to the pool and I swam for an hour and 15 minutes. Never felt like I needed any kind of fuel, nothing. And it's that, it's that long-lasting starch in a potato. So check it out. The, uh, there's another guy that lost all his weight. It's all awesome and stuff like that. Um, he's kind of funny. I like him. Um, he's always staring at the camera and blinking at it like it's attacking him. Uh, PotatoStrong.com is the guy. And uh, to con- lots of us can definitely relate to him. He's middle-aged, was like, this sucks. This fat belly sucks. And he started trying the, the potato stuff, and it was like, holy crap, this really works. And um, let's see, ashwagandha. So I was listening to the Ben Greenfield podcast, which sometimes I can't stand it, but... You know, I listen to it anyway because sometimes there's some good stuff in there, and the uh, I'm sure like y'all listen to this, and you know sometimes I can't stand getting into a cold pool, but I do it anyway uh, because it's good for you. So uh, there was a mention of ashwagandha as being a huge uh, workout, um, almost like steroids. It uh, your body reacts to it, and puts on muscle and strength and like all kinds of great stuff. But it's you know it's it's an herb, which is a drug, but still. It's uh, just a plant. Let's go check it out. 
and uh, try it, see if you like it, maybe not. And uh, I've been on it, been taking two or three pills a day. You go just go buy it at the uh, health food store and um, find out a little bit more yourself, like 400 milligrams, 450 milligrams. Uh, it's just a little pill. And um, I think it totally depends on the person. If you need it, uh, you'll notice it. And, and maybe it might not work on you, just like different things, you know, don't, you know, work on different, work on different people differently. But, um, it's kind of like I needed to take it for about a day to really notice it. And then boom, nice mood. You feel good. Uh, things are a little bit funnier. Um, uh, one reason I go work out all the time is because I get kind of depressed and mopey. Uh, like what the hell am I doing? You know? Uh, this is boring as hell. Let's go do something. And, uh, this takes the edge off of that. And, um, uh, I know, I just noticed like opening Christmas presents and like, uh, cause we had a late Christmas coming here for New Year's and just, uh, being myself and doing Brett things, uh, was in a, a great mood, having a lot of fun and, uh, nice. I haven't really noticed any workout benefits from it yet, but, um, that's because I haven't really worked out all that much, you know, like seriously hard. Uh, and I can't cause I've got broken toes and a broken arm, but the, um, dude, I couldn't even walk across the shopping mall parking lot for, uh, like an eighth of a mile before my toes started feeling like I was ripped. They were being ripped off my foot from the pain from, uh, walking too far with broken toes. But anyway, the, um, Ashwagandha, A-S-H-W-A-G-A-N-D-H-A, <laughs> Ash, Ash, that's it, Ashwagandha, <laughs> and um, it's nice, it's really, really cool, and um, I'm no doctor, but I do play one on the internet, and uh, it might be something you might want to check out, but of course, always be really careful with this stuff, you take a little bit. Anything you've never eaten or, or drank before, take a sip and then wait a couple hours and make sure you're not allergic to it, you know, because if it's, if it's something you've never had before, you could be allergic to it and you pile it on and then your freaking face blows off. But then, uh, yeah, take it and uh, kind of see what happens. And um, one thing I've noticed is I don't like crave it. So it doesn't seem to be addictive at all. And um it also smells like horses for some reason. And that's where the name comes from is Ashwa. Maybe, I mean, horse or something. Gonda means wind or something like that. Horse breath. Or like horses ran by. And the wind off the horses kind of made you go, whoa. But um, long-term effects, I don't know. Except that it's been used in India for like 2,000 years. And they seem to all be alive and reproducing like crazy. So you might be all right. All right, uh, that's it. I will be back in a little bit with more and wrap this sucker up. Out, bang. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up this show. I was just cruising through uh, Slow Twitch and saw a thread in there about why you shouldn't swim for an hour. It is of no use whatsoever. I might cover in the next episode exactly why you should be swimming for an hour nonstop and how to use it to make you a much better long-distance swimmer. But that will be for another episode. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up with a little mention for Chris Haig Racing. Chris Haig is a friend of mine. He's an awesome triathlon coach. I like to always give him a shout out and let you know that I definitely support him as a possible triathlon coach for you. Go check him out. You can go to chrishaigracing.com, H-A-G-U-E, 
for Haig, like the Haig, Chris Haig, C-H-R-I-S, HaigRacing.com. And he's got a nice little website where you can sign up. Super knowledgeable, smart, enthusiastic guy that ran track in college and has outdone me in a half Iron Man for sure. And also just an all-around great guy. So check him out, ChrisHagueRacing.com. All right, everybody. I want you to enjoy your break from the triathlon season if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. But don't take off too much time because you got to remember triathlon is a winter sport where you pick the ripened fruit in the summer. So stay safe out there, work the uphills, cruise the downhills, and keep the rubber side down out. <laughs>